Something I can't remember. Ten, Nine or 11, ten? Ten? Maybe. Something. But okay. So today we are talking about RPGs and not yes, not, not the missile, not the missile <laughs> launcher, and not our GPs. The great. Um, it's a really good restaurant. Yeah, they make a really good. Uh, they like sandwich wrap things. Grilled like. Wraps, yeah, something like, like sandwich that. wraps, and they're you know, good. Here in the first time I was here there, in Durango, Mexico. The first time I was there, I was I was like, this place just seems like a deli. I bet it's okay, you know. And then I had the wrap, and yeah. I think the one I had was like, I think it was this. It's called the Superman. The Superman is my favorite, and. I think that's why I got it because you told me to get that one. Yeah. And it, and I haven't been there in a while, but that place, shout out, it, it is so good. It just melts in your mouth. It's this, so you have a normal wrap. It's cold. It's okay. It's kind of, it's just. Kind of just tastes like a grocery store. Exactly. You know exactly what a grocery that, store wrap tastes like. That's kind of. It does the job. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that makes sense to you. But I you hate said. yourself when you eat it. <laughs> yeah. It makes you hate yourself. I, I've gone and, to the grocery store and had, <laughs> had the grocery store pre-made wraps for lunch. And, and um. <laughs> yeah, they're they're okay. They just but yeah, you're right. I kind of hate myself when every time I eat one. I feel like like what kind of schlub am I to eat a wrap? Like it's wrap. a wrap. It's a Wednesday, and I'm eating a wrap, and I'm just... You know, you know, Jackson? Such a... The, you know what types of wraps... Loser. You know what types of wraps <laughs> are for winners? RGPs? Well, I, RGPs as well, but in general, a winner's wrap is instead of putting deli meats and all that sort of stuff, you put carne asada and guacamole <laughs> And pico de gallo. So basically a burrito? And you just make a burrito. You make a burrito. Yeah. And, th- and that's a winner's wrap. <laughs> that's a winner's wrap. But but you know. RGPs, though, it's like these grilled wraps. Um, and um, it just melts in your mouth. Yeah, they're messy. There's a lot of it is know, messy, sauce but and it stuff is, in there. And... It is one of the best things I've had in my mouth. Yeah, they are so good. <laughs> And I, I've had Always. a lot of things in my mouth. I have something in my mouth right now. I can hear it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, Here, I'll chew it off screen. Mm. I mean, off audio, whatever. We've got a bowl of pretzels here. Mm-hmm. But they're not like, they're not like uh, those like, uh, cheap uh, gas those station pretzels. Those little thin pretzels. Yeah. These Why are, would you get that? These are my girlfriend. She got, she got these delicious. They're like the, they come in the big, like, giant jar and you buy them like, yeah like they 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 always when i was growing up oh. always get them at costco i have a funny story about these pretzels okay. okay um so when i was when i first started college it was 
Excuse me. It was the cool thing to get high as hell every day. To get super blazed. Well, your roommate was a drug dealer. My roommate was a drug dealer. <laughs> I won't say his name. Well, but well, sort of. <laughs> Sort of a drug dealer. Well, he wasn't it's like a, legal. He wasn't a sketchy drug dealer. No, because he was just dealing weed. He, yeah. But so he, like, but he was a drug dealer. <laughs> but one time I got super duper stoned, and for some reason, the only snack that I had was that big ass jar of pretzels. <laughs> and you know, when you get stoned, you get cotton mouth. Your mouth feels dry. And but the only thing I had was dry salty pretzels and I kept eating them because I was hungry and then my mouth would get more dry but I would get more hungry and then eat them more <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, that's why they serve them at bars and I just kept on drinking water well yeah and it also helped soak up the alcohol and stuff because yeah. it gives you carbs it's got the salt you know that helps helps you they're very tasty I love, I love pretzels they're I, a great I, pub food I remember when we were living in the dorms and there was one night where you got really stoned. And I remember <laughs> because I, we were playing in my dorm hall, because we lived in different dorm halls. We were, yeah. playing, we were playing pool in the <laughs> lobby. And um, I invited you to come over and play some pool with us. And it took you about an hour and a half <laughs> to get across campus to my building. Yeah. <laughs> because you were just stoned. And it wasn't because you took that long to leave your dorm. No. That's legitimately how long it took you to get across campus. Because <laughs> Well, you... because I would stop. So I was so stoned, but I was like in the very like curious, like fun mode. And obviously I was moving slow too. But I would stop and say hi to anyone I saw. Even if I didn't know them, I would say hi to them. Yeah. And, and then and just... I saw these two deer like bucking at each other. So I looked at that for a while. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then just... And then I went to the, the the cafeteria, grabbed a snack, ate it there, and then threw it away, and then kept going. Yeah. And I eventually got there, and you guys were in the middle of a pool game, and you were like, "Oh, I didn't think you were coming." Yeah, yeah. I assumed <laughs> I assumed you weren't gonna come because it took you so long to show up. <laughs> but I did. And and you hadn't at no point did you. Um, Message me or anything saying, like, I'm going to take this long. You just said, cool, I'll be there. And then... Are those goldfish crackers? Would you mind lending one of the boys some goldfish? <laughs> Are you stoned right now? <laughs> no, but it, talking about being stoned makes me want to be. And it makes me hungry. Well, if you want goldfish, you can come get them. And I heard you pouring them in the background. <laughs> you hear that? She says you got to go get them yourself. Damn it. If I go get them myself, I unplug everything and I mess everything up. But I could go get them and just take my headphones off. Yeah. But I feel... You really actually just have to take your headphones off. I feel off. a physical connection and, and, and walk bond across, with my headphones. And walk across the room. That's... Well, no, the thing is, though, I feel like this physical bond. Ooh. Oh, she brought them. Ooh. Oh, it's the color ones. They're like a <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to these pretzels. No, and in all seriousness, I'll stick to the pretzels. It's they're not my goldfish to take. Them over there. But yeah, now have, I feel have, have some goldfish. <laughs> have some goldfish. <laughs> okay, I'll have some later. Have some goldfish, Jackson. <laughs> hey, 
now it's a weird thing, and I'm just not in the right, right mindset. <laughs> but so before we get to what we're actually talking about, we've been <laughs> on a tangent for a while. <laughs> yes. Well, not too long. Not too but, long. You know, it's, it's eight minutes. It's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> but um, so tonight, um, so yeah, we're talking about role playing games. And a yes. lot of people say, and this is so annoying to me, they'll say... Specifically video games. Vi- yes. Yeah. Specifically video games, but maybe some yeah, we can get tabletop, some tabletop stuff, stuff, you know. Yeah. But, because um, that's definitely a big part of it. Uh, but um, a lot of people, I hear them say, what's your favorite RPG game? Oh my gosh, it's Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft. Fortnite. Fortnite is my favorite <laughs> RPG game. I hate it when people say RPG game because RPG already means role playing game. Yes. So when you say You're RPG game, role playing game, game. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite role playing game game? My, my favorite role playing game game. Wait, wait. There's more. No. Um. So tonight I've got um a Scott Brewing mix pack. You know, nothing oh, crazy. Yeah. Just normal stuff. You know. It's just what I like. Pretty good uh, stuff. We've got a good variety of some random beers. Yeah, we got some random beers thrown in. Some, um, we got some pink vapor stews. It's like a sour uh, beer. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty decent beer. But pretty good when it's cold, you know. Yeah. We got uh, we got one. That's the key with pink vapor stew. It has to be cold. We have one Kona Brewing beer. It's the Kua Bay one. Highly, a, I highly recommend. Oh, I love. Yeah. Dude, I love their longboard. Uh, oh, yeah. Is it the longboard logger? I forget I which one. But I think it's a logger, yeah. That one's amazing. And also, like, the Castaway Golden Ale. I think it's Castaway. I think so. Either I'm way, sure. I, I love their Golden Ale. Yeah. Um, and then we also have one Breckenridge Brewery beer left over. It's, one single one. And it's the one that I don't like the most, but it's Hot still good. Hot Peak IPA. Yeah, that's not it's, one of their better it's ones. It's too it's, hoppy for the sake of being hoppy. It's pretty decent. It's just too... It's just... It's one of those IPAs. It's like a fuck you beer. It is a fuck you beer. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got a special beer. Well, not that special. You've got a specialer. I've beer. got a really special beer. Really I'm just waiting beer. on it. Um, but I've got a, a special-ish beer here. It's one that in here in Colorado, I don't see all that often in liquor stores. Yeah. But, you know, I'm from originally from... Uh, California. California. Yes, California. California. <laughs> <laughs> like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. California. California. Did you know that I'm from California? <laughs> yes, I'm exactly that. like Anthony Kiedis. But less of a dick. Well, he was actually bitten by a radioactive Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> bitten by a radioactive Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> so every once in a while, if you hear him say, you know, for instance... California. So he's doing it right now. Yeah. yeah. So, so today, earlier today, I was bitten by a radioactive Anthony Kiedis, so I bought a beer that was made in California. <laughs> it is the Racer 5 IPA. Oh, I've heard good things about them. Yeah. And uh, where, where is this brewery based out of in California specifically? Uh, let's see. I don't remember. South LA? No, Orange County? This is, a, this is at least Yeah. A, I don't remember where this is. Uh, Orange County. Uh, Cloverdale, California. Okay, where's that? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Um, I can find out real quick. Hold but on. Shout out to Racer 5, you said? Racer 5. Shout out. Um, so, what I'm drinking today... Hold on, hold on. Cloverdale is... South. 
It's by San Francisco. Oh, really? It's North. Okay, I was yeah. way off. Well, that's that's it's Northern Cal. That's NorCal, but that's that's like mid mid California. Okay. Northern California is like, in my mind, is like the mountains. And the well, it's like up there. well, it's like San Francisco and up. Yeah, yeah. But anything that would be below San Francisco, well, it's, it's kind of well, it's kind of weird because so San Francisco, it's so there's Northern California kind of starting at the San Francisco area and going yeah. up from there, but Southern California really starts at like uh, uh, Santa Monica or uh, yeah. Santa Cruz, I guess, and going down from there. So there's a whole, whole region in between like Santa Cruz and San Francisco. I would say Santa that's Cruz neither, is like that's not it's not Northern California. Yeah, it's like the in between. The Southern Californians don't accept it as part of their little, you know, group. Yeah. It's just because Southern Californians are really pretentious and you have to It's earn, its own thing. It, they're like they're like high school groups, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they have their little cliques. Yeah, not many people talk about Middle California. Middle California. <laughs> it's that weird area where you don't really know if uh, it's like Fresno. Well, it's like you don't really know. If, you don't really know if everyone's gonna be like coffee shop hipsters, or they're gonna be like surf guys, like y'all. Yeah, yeah. Because well, North California, I associate with the hipsters more than often. Yeah, but you have plenty of them in Southern California as well. But I feel like they're mostly in the L.A. area. They are. There's some in San Diego. Yeah. <coughs> Caleb. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, California just in general has a lot of hipsters. Yeah, of course. I yeah. think it's like maybe next to um, Oregon. Well, maybe the sophisticated hipsters are in North California. Maybe, yeah. Well, see, Northern California also has a lot of uh, mountain men. As that well. is true. They, yeah. I, so here's the difference. So, I guess there's different types of hipsters. Hipsters. Northern California has the hipsters that think they're like rugged. Uh huh. Kind of like Portland hipsters. Yeah, that's what I'm Southern thinking. Southern California yeah. has the Hollywood hipsters. The, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're more artsy. Artsy. Artsy farts. The artsy hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Southern California. So, but anyways, getting back. Yes, you have a spe- very special beer. To what we're drinking today. That's our new song. Is it? It's official. We've not recorded it. This is the first time I'm hearing it. What are we drinking today? Okay, that's it. Okay, so um, what I'm drinking is from Rogue Brewing. There's that. Or just Rogue. And it is out of Oregon, Ooh. I believe. Oregon. Yes. Getting real hipstery. Newport, Oregon. Rogue Ales. Brewed by Rogue Ales. So it's a very special beer, if you even want to call that. Call it yeah. that. Um, but I've, I've never tried it. And I've had... Plenty of stouts, but never a chocolate stout, and that's what this is. I've had a couple chocolate stouts, but they're 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 not super common. Chocolate stout, yeah. nitro chocolate stout. I've never um, had a nitro chocolate stout. And uh, I've had milk stouts. I've had coffee stouts. You know stuff yeah. like that. You know Guinness. That's a stout. Um, you know you know the the first beer I ever tried was a chocolate stout. Really? Yeah, it was a weird beer for the first beer I've the ever tried. The first beer I tried was like, it was probably Bud Light or something. I don't yeah. know, whatever was laying around. No, the first time I, or at least the first time I remember trying a beer, 
Ooh, that Ooh, was that nice. Was... <laughs> that was very nice. <laughs> the first time I remember trying a beer was uh, my dad poured me some of the cho- uh, like a some indie brewery chocolate stout. What do you think? It's smooth. Mm, I'll have to try one of those. Smooth later. like chocolate. It's. Oh my god. <laughs> Dangerous. I would totally throw up if I was drinking <laughs> this in the heat, which I kind of am. <laughs> but it's pretty hot in here. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I typically. That's why for the longest time, at least on this podcast and just in life, that I just been getting lagers and IPAs and maybe like tropical stuff. Because when it's hot, you do want to stay away. I mean, I recommend staying away from hard stouts and stay away from you know, like. I, I, I'm gonna point out that both of these beers that we got, you know, we were on the same wavelength because we both got. <laughs> beers that come in a four pack of tall boys yeah um yeah they're four packs which i I rarely get that yeah um but it this would be so good with a donut (laughs) so you're what you're saying is that's a breakfast beer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I just, anything, if you're eating anything sweet, I feel like it's going to make the beer better. Well, of course, if you're eating chocolate. Um, and yeah, go well, ahead and have one. I will in a bit, yeah. I'm only going to allow you one, though, since I have four. Yes. You <laughs> so, can have one of my Racer 5s. Cool. I think you'll like this one. That's a good trade. Pretty solid IPA. But, yeah, it's, and it, it definitely tastes like chocolate, and it has that kind of bitterness like you get from dark chocolates. Oh, yeah. But it's still got the sweetness, but like it comes in sweet. You get a little of that bitterness on the tip of your tongue. No, now I'm remembering <laughs> it wasn't a chocolate stout was my first. It was a chocolate IPA. What the hell? Yeah. Because remember, it wasn't, what? It, it wasn't smooth like a stout was. It was a good beer. It was, it was a weird one, though. Yeah, this is smooth, you know, malty, you know, like a stout. Then isn't what, what you would think of a stout. Um, I'm drinking this Racer 5 right now, and um, I don't really have much to explain about it. Other than it's a pretty solid IPA. It's not too hoppy. It's kind of the hoppy level, of it has a little bit of sweetness to it. Okay. Kind of like a modus operandi. I generally like that, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely hoppy, but it's not. I'm like, pi- I'm a lot more picky with IPAs. It's not a it's not a fuck you hot type of hoppy, <laughs> yeah. like arrogant bastard. Oh yeah, the one I had <laughs> way uh, epi- for Hellboy. Yeah, arrogant bastard is a really good it's IPA. So strong, but it's you so have to be in the hobby. mood for it because it is a fuck you IPA. Yeah, and yeah. I never even had it before that episode, but I was like, oh, it's got like a devil on it. They had it on tap <laughs> at um, Jabos for a while. Really? Yeah, only one time. That's really weird. Because they didn't sell it very much. It's not a very popular beer, I will say that. Yeah. Um, but I'm a fan when I'm in the mood for something super hoppy. Well, and if it's like ice cold. Yeah, if it's ice cold straight off the tap and I'm in the mood for like a heavy IPA... Then it's a really good heavy. I, I think the beer I'm the most picky with has got to be IPAs, because I've so, had a lot yeah. of shitty IPAs that are just they're hoppy, but they don't have any other flavor or complexity. Yeah. It's just pure like bitterness, and it just sucks. Yeah, like Odell. Um, yeah, <laughs> most of their IPAs 
I mean, so I, I, if you like Odell, good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the worst beers ever, but I do think they're very overrated, and I think right. it's because they're they're they make very hoppy IPAs that people kind of just drink and go like, "Ooh, this is really hoppy. It's a really it's good." So IPA. hoppy, yeah, it's so like, good because it's, it's about it's, more than the hops. It's also about the complexity of the flavor. Yeah, that's why I like leaning and towards... the alcohol content. Well, yeah, that too. I mean. What's, What's the point of drinking something super hoppy if it has low alcohol content? Yeah. Mine, I think mine is, I did find this is a... seven and a half. Mine's like 5.8, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah 5.8. Pretty average crazy. first out. Yeah. I did find one that was 11%. <laughs> the most, the, the, but, um, the, the most I've ever had on a beer was a 14%. Yeah, I, I think it. same with me. It was, um, I think it was a Guinness. That was. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like, I a, had, like a special one. That they like a, I had like a Guinness heavy stout on St. Patty's Day. It was like oh, an extra yeah. heavy stout or something like that. Yeah, I those, what they call those it. are higher. I think they're like content. Yeah. Twelve or thirteen percent. I also yeah. had a Ska Decadent. That one's really high. Um, yeah. Content. That the, one's uh, like twelve percent. The brewery that makes Arrogant Bastard. Makes one that's like fourteen percent. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. I used to drink that brewery growing up a lot. Arrogant Bastard. Bastard. Not. I didn't drink specifically Arrogant Bastard. I don't remember what the beer was that I drank a lot. Um, I'd have to look that up. But. Uh... Well, also I do have, as always, well, almost always, Plantation Rum. Yes. Pineapple one. Can't go wrong. Um, Stone Brewery. Stone Brewery? Yeah. I think I've had some of theirs before. Yeah, that's the Arrogant Bastard. What um, are we talking about again? Beer. Um, beer? <laughs> is this our beer episode? <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> oh, it's the uh, the one that I really like is... Uh, Also, I just want to say, all our listeners, Ruination, I, uh, the Ruination, <coughs> is a uh, is a double IPA by Stone Brewery. Ooh, I used to drink that a lot. I'm choking on some pretzel. Uh, <laughs> don't die on me. <laughs> all right. No, but <coughs> sorry about that. <laughs> to all the listeners, there, um, <clears throat> we. Ah. Let us know what you like to drink. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. Let us know what you like to drink. Let go, us know. Go on, go on any of our pages, find a post, any post, and say, I like this beer. Well, the easiest <laughs> way to contact us, Instagram or Facebook, probably. Yeah. Definitely Instagram or I Facebook. I mean, you can leave comments, I think, on... I mean, you could, <laughs> you could leave us a five-star review and just say what beer you like. <laughs> you can, yes. You know, that would be cool. Leave us, a, leave us a review and say, by the way, I like this beer. <laughs> um, so maybe we can have one of these episodes one day. Uh, we can talk more about specifically just about beer. Just beer. And we'll talk about um, if, if enough people say what they, beers they like. We talk yeah, about let them. us know if you have any recommendations yeah. for us to try. We're always looking for new beers. Always trying to find the... 
trying to find the piece, the resistance, so to say, of yeah. beers. There was one beer, <laughs> and I wasn't sure what episode we were going to re- be recording first. Uh-huh. But um, there was a beer at the liquor store when I was buying the Racer 5 that I considered getting for okay. this episode. It would have been more thematic. And uh, I've tried their, a couple of their beers before. I don't remember what they're called, but they're an Icelandic brewery. Ooh. And they have like Vikings on yeah, their Yeah, I cans. almost tried one that was like called Dragon's Milk. <laughs> and I think that was the 11% one. I was like, oh, that's a bit much. Dragon's Milk. That's very dramatic. I feel like I'm, <laughs> yeah, straight from the dragon's teat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, RPGs. So why are we talking about RPGs? Well, because, li- yeah, because one of us mentioned we should talk about Skyrim. Yes. And then one of us was like, we should expand that so we don't just bore people with our Elder Scrolls lore. We knowledge. could talk Elder Scrolls lore forever. <laughs> so but, um, let's make it a more uh, accessible topic. So yeah, um, me and... Both me and Colton's favorite types of games in general are open world RPGs. Yeah. They don't all have to necessarily be open world. They don't have to be open world. But that's, you know, that's what we tend to enjoy. Um, Um, I think that some of the best RPGs I've played are more sandbox style. And I played really good ones that are more linear too. Well, yeah. For example, Uh, I was playing... Recently, because I had not played it ever before, but on the Xbox Game Pass, they had it for free. Yeah. Um, I played Fable 2. And oh, Fable, that's a really Fable good 2, one. compared to our modern standards, isn't that open world. It's one of those open world games with open, uh, like, there's areas that are yeah. pretty open. But uh, it doesn't feel super open world. Um, but it's a very good RPG. Also, I want to make something clear. Um or clarify what RPG is. Um, yes. A lot of people assume an RP- if it's an RPG, you create your own character and you can do anything. No. No, um, yeah. Because it's in the name. It's a role-playing game. Yeah, because part, part of our idea for this is there's a lot of games that are, if you analyze them, are very different in how they play and their mechanics, uh-huh. but they are still all classified under the genre umbrella of umbrella of RPG. RPG. Um, so you have game, you know, like Elder Scrolls. Let's just say Skyrim, for instance, which yes. we'll get into. But um, so Skyrim, you create your own character. You can do anything you want. You can follow any quest line you want. Yeah. I mean, and you can just go anywhere and do whatever. Yeah. Now it does slightly railroad you into doing the main quest, but that's not what makes it not an RPG. No. So so you know But again, it's it's uh, it's a very open game, but there's still a structure there. But yeah, the, the the open world and doing whatever you want is not what makes it an RPG. It's the quest and the leveling and the fact that you can make a character. Making a character is a big aspect. By, if, but, you're, if you're going on the logic that being able to make do whatever you want makes you an RPG, then Minecraft is an RPG. But Minecraft is not an RPG. There's mods that could make it an RPG. There are mods that do make it an RPG, <laughs> yeah. but vanilla Minecraft is not an RPG. No. Despite you being able to do whatever you want. Because, yeah, you can go anywhere, but you're only doing one thing, whether you like it or not. Well, you're two mining things. and building. Yeah, you're, you're, you're either mining, surviving, or building. Yeah. That's <laughs> all you do in it. And you don't have to, 
And I think another critical aspect of RPGs is you, you, your character, plays a major role in the story of the game. You make decisions. You do things in that the story change. of the game, not necessarily in the world. No, the story. Yes, so, in the plot. So, like, let's say um, you play a game that has a lot of character dialogue choices. Yeah, because not not all RPGs um, have to be save the save the world. No. But yeah. it's there the are some sense there are some more nuanced. You can make choices that will change your gameplay. That mm-hmm. will change what you get to do. Like um, like a good example of a game that does that. That's not a save the world game, but is your choices affect the story. Although it's not a very good game. Okay, what is, is it? Call of Cthulhu. The game the, the, or the RPG? The, the new, tabletop. The newest video game, Call of Cthulhu. I've played some of that. Um, it's a decent game. It's good enough, I guess. And they give you the RPG stuff there, but that's a good example of one where you're not saving the world. No. You're just making choices and interacting with different NPCs. Yeah. Um, so, what was your first RPG? My first ever. RPG ever. Oh, geez. Even if it's not technically an RPG, what you think led you to oh, geez, play that, RPGs? That, uh, let me think. Um, I don't know. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Online? I remember playing that early no, as well. No. But Runes, RuneScape. RuneScape, for RuneScape most people of my... our generation... It was a little... Slightly old for our generation. Yeah. Just a, slightly. We were like slightly behind... I yeah, but yeah, RuneScape. I, I played, remember playing I played RuneScape. that in elementary school. Um, I did play some World of Warcraft. I will admit. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of World of Warcraft. I've heard World of Warcraft is really good. You know, I played I've, with all those glasses, glasses pushers. And <laughs> well, while, while we're on this topic right here, before we go back to your first RPG, what do you think of MMOs and their place in RPGs? Because we just talked about okay, several MMOs here. So, MMOs. They can be an RPG just like a single-player game. It just depends how they're executed, how involved you as your character, even though there's millions of other players basically yeah. doing the same thing, how you can do things. Um, I am, To be honest, I think World of Warcraft is one of... It, well, there's a reason it's still around and people yeah, are playing it. Exactly. It is an, yeah, it's an there's MMO. A, there's a few It's an MMORPG. Um, but it still very much feels like an RPG should feel. Um, and what's really cool is like, yeah, you alone can't really change what's going on besides like what's pre-scripted in the story or anything. But I've heard there was this, um, way back, like, I think it was not too early in the like life of World of Warcraft, but it was pretty early on. Yeah, there was this like blood disease basically in the game. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, and the that. players massed together to stop this disease and basically quarantine. And <laughs> it was really weird. Well, I think that's what makes because um, I I've, I've played a lot of it. It's an RPG in the sense if you can get enough people to do something, it will change the game. Yeah. Well, I've played I've played a lot of MMOs because I I rarely find an MMO I actually like because it's not a style. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a huge fan of that style of games, but there's good ones out there. I really like the idea of an MMO. 
So I'm constantly trying new ones. Uh, so I've played a lot of them. And what I what I think is, you know, a lot of MMOs try to do the role-playing as in the, the your, you have quests for your character and all that sort of stuff. Right. But I think the MMOs that really excel and have earned their place in the role-playing game genre is the MMOs that have a community. The community. And that's what allows you to role-play. Exactly, because you can build, like, sub-games within the game. And yeah. you, you, I would argue, <laughs> this is controversial, but <laughs> Club Penguin is a good <laughs> RPG. I've never played it Club Penguin. It genuinely but... is. You know, Club Penguin, it's, and I played some of it when I was little. Um, it's, it is, it's basically World of Warcraft for kids. Yeah, it's... With a little Sims mixed what, in What there. I always understood about it is it's very... It's um, it's one of those games where it's very social-based. Didn't they get... Recently, they closed the servers down on Club Penguin? I don't know. Um, I can't remember, but um, that game, the sense of community and the ability yeah. to get enough people to do something and you can have subgroups and... You can have literally people create their own games within the game yeah. type of thing. And, you know, you create your character. You can look like whatever you want. Um, I would say in the sense of MMOs, that's a, actually – it stays true to the RPG formula. It kind of does. Another, another – um, It's a weird game to talk another, about. A fun game that gameplay-wise I would not classify as an RPG – but the community makes it into one. Okay. Is um I, I think I might be confusing it. I think it's Eve Online. Yeah. Is that um, it's this it's this it's a space it's one. like the space like engineer building thing. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly that, but yes, it is that. <laughs> it's weird. There's it's basically like it's an open space game. Yeah. Where there's a lot of trading that goes on. It's what No Man's Sky wanted to be. But. What yeah, what it wanted to be um. And so there's stuff in that game that the players do. So they they go to war with you. They form factions and go to war with each other. Well, yeah, the, of it, factions of cool thousands about, of players. That's what's cool about MMOs. They can form factions that aren't supposed to be part of the yeah. game. Well, the thing with Eve Online, and again, excuse me if I'm confusing this with another game, but I'm pretty sure it's Eve Online. Okay, because <laughs> there's that like, sounds right. The, yeah, there's a couple other games that are very. So there's a there's like one other game that's very similar yeah um in its concept but so like in so in this game what it basically is it's a sandbox they throw you in and they you, you have a ship and it's you have to travel between star systems um you actually have to worry about fuel if you run out of fuel for example in the right. middle, middle of so it's kind of a survival there's some survival elements there's a lot of trading there's a lot of building there's a lot of, it's mainly just a sandbox right so what players do, they'll build giant space stations, and then as a group of players will build this, and then another group of players, like a thousand players, will be like, hey, we don't like this. <laughs> Let's form a giant fleet and attack them. So it's like Star war. Trek. Yeah, and, and they'll go to war with each other, and there's my favorite thing I, I read about. There's this, so people will go out and um, either try to explore... The depths of space in the game because there's like still stars. Oh, there's like unexplored. There's areas. still unexplored areas and stuff yeah, like that. It's crazy. And I mean, even like some players know they're not exploring will run out of fuel in between traveling between stars. And so there's a group of players that got together and they filmed like form like a faction. What they do is they have giant carrier ships of fuel and will go out and rescue 
stranded players. Oh, that's cool. And that is very I think there was something else that happened that's... in that game where this group of players set out the chart the entire map. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if they finished yet, but I did hear that they were like getting close. Yeah. That that's just all they've been doing. Like they log in, they do that, they explore. Yeah, and it, and that's what I think that's what makes a MMO more of an RPG is the fact rather than the gameplay, but the fact that some in certain RPG MMOs players get together and actually form communities. Yeah, and role um, play and they role play as this community. So for me, my first RPG, I mean, I could say RuneScape, but I. The one that I really got into that I consider a pure RPG. Yeah. Fallout. New Vegas. Oh, that's such a good one. That is one of the best RPGs. I remember wanting to play and that. just games in general. I remember I wanting played. to play that when it came out. And going to the game store. But I didn't have my dad with me. So right. they wouldn't sell it to me. Oh, and then I See, bought yeah, like, I, The Sims instead or something I have a like funny that. story about this. <laughs> Me and my mom, we used to go to Blockbuster all the time when it existed and when it didn't go bankrupt. Yeah. You know there's only one Blockbuster left? I think it's in Oregon. Yeah, I've heard about it. And that. now they're, it's a B&B. Really? Yeah, they turned it into a pet and breakfast. Like You can have the Blockbuster like old school movie experience. That's interesting. And you can stay the night there at a creepy old Blockbuster. Podcast <laughs> which, episode? Blockbuster are going there? Going maybe. There. <laughs> <laughs> but um Rest in peace, Blockbuster. I miss Blockbuster actually. The whole experience of going there. You go there, you rent a movie, you get some candy, you get some popcorn. You yeah. know, it, it and it that made, will never come back. That's made, gone. It made um it made a sense of you could have a movie night that really felt like a movie night without well, going yeah. to the, without going to the theaters. Well and also you you have to really make a good choice when you pick out the movie because you pick out the movie and then you go home and that's it. You yeah. you have to deal with the movie you got. Now, Netflix, oh, this movie looks good. Oh, it sucks. You can leave. You can just exit out and then just go to the next one. Yeah, what, what was it? You got like... Blockbuster, you felt like you were wasting your money if you just like quit the movie. Yeah, what was it? You got like 20 minutes into Artemis Fowl? Oh. And then quit on it? That is going to be an episode. Okay? <laughs> that will be. So Artemis Fowl on Disney even, Plus. I've not even touched it yet. <laughs> God. I've seen some like video essays about it on YouTube. And um, <laughs> yeah. It is but, you know, a terrible, horrible. An, <laughs> awful, an awful movie like that. I bet if you had rented that from a blockbuster. I would have watched the whole thing. You would have been more likely to finish it. Well, and it was more fun because it's more... It's more of an event to go to Blockbuster, yeah. find a movie, get your candy, your popcorn, maybe pick up a, you know, whatever kind of merchandise they have if you want, and then come home and you're like, this is what we're doing. It was, it was, the, actual, this is what we're doing. It was like an actual alternative to going to the cinema. Exactly. That still felt like. An event like you're yeah. doing something but now that with you Netflix, Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, all these streaming services. You can find a new movie you've never seen. Maybe it's like a Netflix original. And it's like, if it's good, you'll finish it, maybe. But yeah. if, it, if it's not amazing, you could just back out of it yeah. and just be done. And well, it's, it's well, it's not, like, um, you don't have to put any effort anymore. 
Well, it's uh, yesterday I was watching Treasure Planet on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, which is a fun movie, underrated Disney movie. Oh yeah, not like the not best, many people talk about. Not it. the best Disney movie. Well, because it flopped at the box office. Yeah, like it didn't. It didn't just do poorly. It actually bombed. They actually lost money on that. And, apparently, and they lost um, money on a lot of stuff recently. Um, <laughs> recently. But, um, um, and we, I could go into. I was watching. I was doing like watching videos and doing research on the history of Disney animation and stuff. That would be a fun episode sometime. Oh, yeah. But um, I was watching that in the middle of the movie. My sister calls me and I answer the phone and I have a 45-minute conversation with her and I didn't worry about I'm missing the movie. Well, because the The thing is, you're paying for a subscription but you're not directly paying for a movie every time you watch. So, like, on Netflix... It's not like you have to actually rent it every time. No, you pay a subscription and yeah. then you can watch whatever you want. You can back out. It doesn't matter because you're still no, going to be getting your money's worth. I have no obligation to you to walk, to finish a movie. I only have an obligation to get my $15 a month worth. And it's pretty easy. Of entertainment. Yeah. Um, Oh, I could yeah, binge I miss, watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do miss that <laughs> whole blockbuster experience. Yeah. It just made it. It was just more fun back then. It, it, I have fond memories of going to Blockbuster, but um, I too, yeah. and because and another reason I would have fond memories sometimes I would convince my mom to let me rent a game. Yeah, they and eventually rented, they rented games. Yeah, eventually, like while I was in middle school, like we got we got this subscription. We got this plan where I could basically. <clears throat> Rent game, rent a game, and then like have it as long as I want. Oh, basically, there wasn't a due date. As long as we keep paying each month. Yeah, there wasn't a due date. So, um, my one of the first games that I remember, well, that I have a fond memory of renting at Blockbuster, was Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, and this was before I played Skyrim. Skyrim was admittedly my first. Bethesda game I ever played, and I've gone back and I've played for most people almost all the other. I've I've gone back and I've played almost all of the other Bethesda RPGs since Skyrim. I played a lot of Oblivion. I want to play Morrowind though. Morrowind is I have a love hate relationship with Morrowind. Yeah, it is. I think objectively the best Elder Scrolls game, but if you go into it thinking it's going to be anything like Skyrim or Oblivion. (laughs) You're gonna hate it <laughs> because it well it's it's legitimately a difficult game, right? Because it's, they use the die system. There's the, Are you getting a call? That is my sister. Yeah, she can. Uh, <laughs> she's it's probably something like the dog did something funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and by the way, from that you might think my sister is uh, a child. Uh, she is uh, 26 or 27. Yeah, she's older than us. 27. Uh, older and both of us combined. Not combined. Yeah, we're only 13. <laughs> She's like 27 or something like that. No. Um, <laughs> we're not. Th- <laughs> um, no, but uh, so Morrowind is, as far as a role play. We're 21 people. 22. 23. Something. I'm 23. I don't know about you. I think I'm 22. <laughs> right, October. I'm 22, yeah. October, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> So, it's legal. Yes. Don't Let's... worry about the kids screaming in the background. What? What? 
<laughs> What's happening? Uh, uh, we were talking about Morrowind. Um, Morrowind, but yes. yeah, so Mor- Morrowind is top to bottom, through and through, a, a, a real hardcore role playing game. Your stats, if, because you've played, we both it, played. It's one of the more pure RPGs. Yeah, if, if to we, be we both played Dungeons and Dragons, and Morrowind is the most like Dungeons and Dragons out of all the Elder Scrolls games. Out of the Elder Scrolls games, uh, I know Divinity. Yeah. Is it Divinity Original Sin? That's like Divinity a, Original Sin. D and D. One and two. Two is the better one because one was really good, but two had refined it. Um, is one of my favorite role playing games of all time. Nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, Fallout New Vegas. The gunplay wasn't all there. Um, the, but, you know, the gameplay was kind of. To be honest. If we're gonna get real, it was kind of crappy. <laughs> the game, the the the. But yeah, the gameplay in New Vegas, like the gunplay and fighting and stuff, it's so it's clunky. Like, in fact, actually, a fun fact about New Vegas, if you're not super into it, is um, the best, like as an easiest, um, weapon, uh, like uh, build to use is melee. No, yeah, because you can get because it's crit- the, it's well, you can get critical some, chance. Well, because it's it's statistic wise. Well, you don't have to aim. You just run up to a guy. And yeah, hit well, him. well, that's exactly it. so. Statistic wise, <laughs> with your stats and your perks that you unlock as you play the game, it's just as effective as guns. Yeah, but it's less janky. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit. So more it's a, actually a little easier. But. Also, because you can use vats and just teleport to people. But why I love... Why Fallout, <laughs> Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games of all time, period. It is. Okay. Um, I would um, say... So I would say this. This is a bold statement. Other than Divinity Original Sin 2, Fallout New Vegas is the best role-playing game, video game of all time. Other than maybe, I mean, you could go that far, yeah. Other, I mean, other than maybe a couple games, and I'll like, explain like why. Divinity, and there's I guess there's a couple games that can compete with that. Yeah, but it's definitely in the top five well, best role playing games. Well, Fallout New Vegas. I mean, you had complete control on what your character does, the yeah. choices your character makes, the ramifications of those choices. Like it actually matters. I've still um, not experienced all of the choices in New Vegas. It's crazy how many options and choices yeah. and endings you have. Um, and just the world that you're in. Um, I When I first got that, I yeah, I kind of knew about like post-apocalyptic stuff. I knew about... I had an idea of what it, that would mean. Yeah. But... I've never played any Fallout games before. I've never played really that many RPG games. Maybe some Zelda. Yeah. But, um, and we'll get to some Zelda. But um, Fallout New Vegas was the first game where I was like, I can actually do something and make a difference in the game. I'm not just railroaded in to doing what the game wants me to do. Uh, Colton's adjusting his... His little mic, his mic thing, and adjusting some sound. Yeah, there was some odd background noises, and I think it was the microphone slipping. Oh, I see. So I just was just adjusting. I didn't really notice it. It's not. It wasn't too yeah, bad. Yeah, no, but um, it's nothing too bad. Yeah. But yeah, Fallout New Vegas. 
the fact that you can make all these choices. I mean, the character creator wasn't amazing, but you could still you could make it look like what you better than to. Oblivion's. Oh, way better than Oblivion's. <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. The character creator. The Oblivion is, character models. The character <laughs> creator is for 2010 acceptable. Oh yeah. It was it was good enough. But that's for what it not what to, made it. You could look at your character and believe that they were a human being, right? Basically, <laughs> um, but Fallout New Vegas. It wasn't just the decisions, but it was the world that I was in. I felt like I was in a real living. I felt existing love world. With New Vegas's world. So so I played, I played Fallout Three before I played New Vegas. Yeah. So my, my experience with Fallout was I played Skyrim. And then I guess uh, when I was on my computer on Steam, there was a bundle for the Fallout for Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. You could buy them nice. together for like $10 type of thing. Okay. So it was a sale and you could buy them together as a bundle. That's a good deal. So I bought them and I thought I should play Fallout 3 first because I came first. Right. In the series. So I played, the, played it first. Loved it. Fallout 3 is a very good game. And if you haven't played played it, you should. I have played it. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson's in it. Yeah. Which he's is your always, dad. He's it's always you're, yeah. You're Liam Neeson's <laughs> kid. That's like if that's not enough reason to play play that game. <laughs> but then I played New Vegas, and damn, I wish I had played New Vegas first. Obsidian because does a great job. Fallout Three was RPGs. a solid game. It's more true to the first two Fallout. Well, Obsidian, the director, so Obsidian's not the developers, but it's the directors at Obsidian when they made New Vegas are the guys who made the original two Fallout. Exactly. Games. So they <laughs> so really, they really understood the series, and um, you know, Fallout Three is really good. But the, like you said, what you were saying is the thing that made New Vegas stand out from Fallout Three was the world. They crafted, yeah, they crafted the world not, in a way and the characters in a way that made it very believable. It's not that you can just make decisions. It's also you're in a world that feels like it's it's real. Which makes your decisions uh, more important to you. It's that type of game where you really just get lost in it. And yeah, the yeah. graphics, especially nowadays, they're shitty. Well, I, well I, actually, I actually for the time they were good. I actually will say um, these older Bethesda games like Oblivion and Fallout they kind of have a quality to them. Fallout New Vegas, they're they are shitty for compared to today, but and they actually were pretty shitty for the day. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I'm giving them a little credit, but they don't distract you from. No, the that's what I wanted to get to. Even though the graphics aren't like anything to write home about, it you get lost in this world. Yeah. Because I've the storytelling is there, yeah. the lore is there, the the world is alive. I've, and that's I've played. What, I've played games where the graphics actually, because older games where the graphics actually distract me from the game, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I don't care too much about like amazing graphics, but yeah, I as mean, long as they're not distracting me from the experience of the game. Nowadays, we expect graphics to be pretty good because yeah. it's just what is expected because of the technology and everything, but. Back, especially back then, and even now, I graphics are just like the cherry on top. They are, yeah. I you, really you need appreciate. The whole, you know, you need the whole Sunday I, to be good. I appreciate good graphics. I appreciate playing Red Dead Redemption Two and being able to stop and just admire the world. Yeah, and 
And that's nice. But, it was, but it's not the point of the game. Fallout New Vegas, it wasn't because the world looked good, but the world felt right and real. Yeah. And I just got lost every, in that game. Everything in the game, even if it's not realistic, it feels no, as long like as it, it belongs. It belongs, and as long as it like follows its own lore and its own yeah. physics... There's actually a project, a modding project, to remaster New Vegas in the Fallout 4 engine. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. Um, and Fallout 4. Um, Fallout 4 is a very good game. But not a good RPG. But not a good RPG. Not at all. To be, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I actually really like Fallout Four. Well, I went I in expecting Fallout Four to be like New Vegas, so yeah, that yeah. was the problem. It had been a um, while when Fallout Four came out. It'd been a while since I played New Fallout Vegas. Fallout Four so is I, like I the basic RPG. I hate to say that. It's honestly, it's hardly an RPG. It's only well, it's still an RPG, and the reason is is because you're playing this character. That's what makes Fallout 4 so different, though. The, you don't... Yeah, yeah, you get to create the character model and stuff, and... You are still playing the lone you survivor either pick, of Vault 111. You pick the husband or the wife, mm-hmm. so you're either going to be the boy version or the girl version, because they play exactly the same. Yeah. They have the same dialogue choices. Um, so, yeah, you have some choice there, and then with the dialogue options, um, a lot of times you'll try to just be like... Uh, sarcastic, but then come across as a complete asshole. Yeah, like, <laughs> and and as that's not a problem. I want to as a disclaimer, that's not something that only Fallout has done. No, um, The Witcher sometimes does that. The Witcher is way better at it. They're though. better at it. It doesn't distract you as much. It doesn't take away from the experience. But having so much. the voice. But there's, so the, in The Witcher Two, there's in the beginning. <laughs> there's a really good example of one where it kind of it, it's the first cutscene. The first, the first act of The Witcher 2 is all like you're imprisoned mm-hmm. and it's a flashback as you tell this guy your story. Right, okay. And the guy you're telling talking to is uh, um, an intelligence agent for the kingdom that you're imprisoned by. I see. And so he's interrogating you. And there's a spot in it where he asks you a question and the dialogue option you can choose is very funny. As in, as in, and you would think your character is going to go, oh, ha, 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 I'm not going to fucking answer that. Right. But really, your character just goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just doesn't, you're like, you're like, wait, I didn't think he was going to do that. Unless you can get a voice actor to record thousands upon thousands of different lines. Yeah. It is extremely difficult to have a voice protagonist and also keep it true to RPG um, form. I will, I actually would disagree on that. Well, it depends well, on no, the type depends, of RPG. No, you're right. You are right. It depends on the type of RPG. Because, Which, yeah, because we, we get into there's different types. We will discuss. So, yeah, you have the RPGs where you can be anyone, do anything. But then you have the RPGs like The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they give you a character, you they give you a character, but you play that character how you want to play it, but it doesn't go against yeah what that character so would do. So, yeah, and and this is one thing that um so with Fallout Four, it, I think it's the problem with the fact that they they took away some of the um the agency of creating your pet character's backstory it, well, and stuff like that. It was they tell you you are this person. You are the survivor of but Vault 111. You can also... But you can also do whatever you like. Whatever you want. But 
if they see, and a lot of people probably would have hated it. Well, a lot of people already hate it, but um, yeah, um, they should have either went full on. You are this character. You do what this character would do. You can make choices, yeah. but you're still this character. And that that would have gotten a they, lot of flack from Bethesda fans, but oh, it would have yeah. ended up with a better game. It would have been a better game. Because what they try to do, they try to have a voice protagonist, but also you can do anything. Yeah. And it just came across as a cheap version of a role-playing game. Yeah. Um, the game and, itself. And, and, you know, now, and you know Fallout 3. Me saying it's a bad role-playing game does not mean it's a bad game. Oh, I love Fallout 4. For what it's as, trying to do, as it's, an action it's game. bad at what it's trying to do. It's good at what it shouldn't be. It's really good at being an action. <laughs> it's weird. It's a good action sandbox game. Yeah, but it's not um, a very good role playing because even the choices you make throughout the game all lead to this pretty much the same ending. You pretty much can't do that much. You, you can't know, there's not that, much. that many actual choices that have consequences. It's really just an open world action game. Yeah, and it's very um, good at that. The gunplay is less janky than other Fallout games. It's the best gunplay in Fallout so far. Yeah, the gunplay is actually, I would dare dare I say, pretty fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, even the settlement building. I mean, it's not Call of Duty, but it's yeah, it's good. It's fun. It, it does the job pretty well. Yeah. Um, even the settlement building can be pretty fun. Um, the thing that makes Fallout Four like really enjoyable and why I have almost four hundred hours in it is mods. Yeah, there's a lot of good mods on. That's there. what makes it replayable. Is not it's but it's, it's funny because it's other independent creators yeah. that make it a better game. Yeah, and that happens a lot with Bethesda. Yeah, but um, but you know, uh, but Fallout Three did a similar thing though. Let's get to the game um, that really well, made us. Hold on, hold on. Okay, wait. I want I want to get into Fallout Three. Okay, really okay. Because it's related. Uh, so Fallout Three did a very similar thing to Fallout Four in the sense that they gave you a character. But they just handled it better. Because in Fallout 3, you are still grew up in the vault. You are this person's son. Mm. <sighs> Sounds like it tastes good. Yes. <laughs> Drink no, a little rum there. But in a, in a plantation rum. If, again, plantation, if you want Shout to sponsor out. us. <laughs> yeah. Feel free. We would love to. Uh, have you as a sponsor <laughs> no but so Fallout 3 does some of the things so they, they when you start Fallout 3 you make your character but then they go so this is your life you grew up this way you had these experiences as a child this is your dad this is your family this is what happens to you now go and be your own character but it handled it a little bit better than right. Fallout 4 um, but was why I like one of the reasons why I love New Vegas so much is they don't do that New Vegas says New Vegas says this one event happened to you. Some guy shot you in the head because you were a courier carrying something he wanted. That's literally and all the information you have. That's all they give you, which makes you be able to create your character and actually be able to say, like, really make your own character. Um. So yeah, we can't talk about RPGs without talking about the elephant in the room. Skyrim. <laughs> I was going to say Anthem. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh my Skyrim. god, fuck that Skyrim. Game. Uh, that Skyrim, game's a disaster. Before we get into Skyrim, do you want to try one of these? Yeah, and you try one of mine. Yeah. Um, we're trading beers right now. Beer trade. I really hope you like this one because it's one of my favorites. Oh, 
This is a beautifully designed can, by the way. Yeah, with like all the chocolate in the cup. Yeah. It's like that's a very nice. I mean, it looks nice. like a chocolate milk can yeah. or something. Ready? One, well, chocolate three. milk does usually come in a can. Okay, one, two, three. <laughs> wow, that was good. Ooh, it smoked a little bit. Yeah, mine did too. Oh damn. Okay, so far, immediately from drinking this Racer 5 IPA, I notice it's got the hops, but it's got the juiciness there. Yeah. You know, it's got that sweetness. It's It feels fat. It's an, <laughs> it's hot. It's very hoppy, but it's an enjoyable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my immediate impressions from this? Smooth. Is it taste like a fucking milkshake? <laughs> <laughs> this is really, really good. It does. I mean, it's super smooth. I yeah. love it. I, I, that. Wow. That might be like a regular thing now. <laughs> and to, that I'll Racer to, 5 might be too. I enjoy that. Yeah. I'll have to buy this sometime for myself. This is really but, good. But um, Skyrim. We have to talk about Skyrim. Yeah. So that's it, the it game. Is, it is the only game that is consistent or... The only yeah, it's the only game that since I played it the original time in two thousand eleven, it's consistently has consistently fun. been my favorite game of all time. I mean, it's in my top five. I don't know if it's my number one. It could be. It is definitely it, my number one. There's been other games that are my number five. Yeah, and it's pretty consistent normally. You know, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is in my top five. Oh yeah, for example. Um, but there are some games that get overtaken. So Red Dead Redemption was in my top five, and now Red Dead Two overtook Red Dead Redemption. Well, in my top Red five. Dead Two took everything good about Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, and just it, it, it's one of the best sequels. Period. It's, yeah. Period. Um, um but uh, it, you know, because you know, Red Dead Redemption was in my top five games of all time. And then Red Dead 2 came out, and I, I played it, and I was like, you know what? Red Dead 1, I still love you, but you don't need to be in the top five anymore because you have a replacement. And I would argue that Red Dead 2 is kind of, kind of, strong word, a role-playing <laughs> game. It has role-playing elements, and we can get into that There's a lot of games we talk about that Skyrim. really cross the line. After we talk about Skyrim, because I don't, no, okay, don't want to tangent too much, but we'll so get into Skyrim. Some of so those you elements. talk about how New Vegas did a better. I mean, how New Vegas did such a good job with. You were just a court courier. You were shot. You're here. You don't yeah. remember anything. Well, Skyrim, you're literally just a ran, completely random person uh-huh. going to prison. That's all you know. That is. Um, Elder Scrolls has always done a good job about that. Well, and also you got to remember in yeah. Fallout. You're still a human. You don't pick any race. Mm-hmm. Skyrim, you have nine different races to go through. So that's even more. And then the character's dialogue when interacting changes, with you changes depending on, depending what, on what race you are. And yeah. maybe Skyrim fun, is the better RPG. Fun fact. I don't remember about... I mean, I've never played Arena. And I don't remember beginning of Daggerfall. Oh, that's honestly. early. Uh, honestly, I don't remember how Daggerfall begins. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've played that. Um, but... Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. You, each game you start out as a prisoner. Yeah, that's the easy route. It's the trope. <laughs> I actually, there was a Dungeons and Dragons game that I played that I ran for you guys, where I started you guys as prisoners. I think I might remember that. It was there's yeah. like a siege type of thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That's when I did my, uh, kind of Batman and training character. He was a monk. Oh, that's you did that for Gibson's. I thought. 
I think I redid it with yours too. Oh, I, see. I was like the old version of him. Oh, you were. Yeah, you I was played, old man Bruce. You played. Yeah, you played. Uh, you played the Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Skyrim. That even more to New Vegas. That was the game where I forgot I was playing a game. Yeah. It's weird because, yeah, obviously, you know you're playing a game, but it's, unless you're, like, in VR, but um, Skyrim just, you get lost in it. It becomes this second life, almost. Yeah, it's so and, and there's weird. a lot of things about Skyrim that, like, hardcore RPG players will say Skyrim is not the best objectively RPG in the sense of what is a good role-playing game right but one thing that made and what you were saying about you get lost in it is skyrim was designed in a way the quest honestly choices wise there's not a ton of them no there's not a ton of Um, it's not about the choices in skyrim it's about exploration and getting lost that's what makes skyrim great and and what makes it a good rpg in my opinion because you have this big world where just random things happen while you're like walking yeah. around, and the, and the role playing part with your character comes it comes in when like um, an NPC bumps into you, and you're like, you're like, no, fuck you. Yeah, it's I'm how gonna, you react I'm to these murder, different NPCs. I'm gonna murder you in the streets right now. <laughs> um, or or you forgive a character for doing it. Skyrim is about exploration, and well, the, it's the world, the the open world of Skyrim. I think is one of the most masterfully um it's one of the most master sorry there's some background noise yeah sorry about that in the other room it's okay it's okay um it kind of freaked me out for a second to be honest (laughs) i could tell i was like what are those voices (laughs) skyrim is one of the most masterfully crafted worlds like maps in all video games and it's because and a few other games do this really well breath of the wild comes to mind immediately as well we'll get to that that does this equally as well is when you're exploring the world of skyrim you're never too far away from something yeah an encounter Um, uh, a cool little thing to discover there's always something to discover within short walking distance when i first played skyrim i did kind of shoot through the main quest pretty fast yeah, but then I quit. I I stopped doing that, and I just started to like smell the roses, so to say. First time I played Skyrim, I shot the main quest and then started a new character, because my first character I pressed the wrong button when I was making them and named, <laughs> and named them prisoner. <laughs> You're prisoner forever. Yes, that's so. It. <laughs> so I completed the main quest and was like, you know what? I want to make a new character. I don't want to be prisoner. That's not named prisoner. <laughs> But when, and there's no right way. And, to, and then I. There's no right yeah, way to play anything. I but there's, like, there's especially no right way to play a Skyrim. Well, what's great about Skyrim, well, yeah. Well, actually, there is a right there way. There is the best way to there play. There is the best way to play Skyrim, and that is a stealth archer. <laughs> stealth archer, yes. <laughs> no, but in the sense of exploration, the best way to play it, I think, or the most fun way to play it, is, yeah, you get through the quest lines that you have to you know in the beginning you know you just have to basically um but um once you get out in the world to just explore 
to was, just there look was, for things that interest you. There and, was one time I played a character in Skyrim who my character was not Dragonborn. So I did not do the Dragonborn quest to get the ability to shout. And I ignored the main quest completely. Oh, I see. As soon as I went to Helgen, I never went to Yara Bulgriff. I think I went to him because I had <laughs> because it was like getting in the way of doing other quests. Well, it's but not I, that I, you I, have to. Though. I never went to Blake Falls Barrow. You really? I, I just did all the side quests, and my character was not the Dragonborn because I decided. Well, I decided I was like I'm gonna make a character who is not the normal main savior of the world character. No, yeah, that, and, um, and it allows you to. You can do. You that. can do that. But I feel like you're going to be missing out on some good things. I, I yeah. think having the shouts and everything is really cool. It does help. You know. Um, if, if it's, I would say this. If it's your first time playing Skyrim, do the main quest. Do everything as one character. But and at, your after, second time. After my 20th time playing through Skyrim, sometimes I want to play a character who is just a thief. He's not a mage, so he doesn't, exactly. actually, he doesn't do the mage's guild. Yeah. He's not... A comp- he's not a warrior, so he doesn't do the companions. Maybe, maybe he does the Dark Brotherhood because he is a thief and stealthy and stuff. But I believe it was my first things. character. He was basically like everything. I did everything I could do. Your first character in Skyrim, I think, always should be a character that does everything. And but it basically, it got to the point where my character character could do anything good. Basically, yeah. But I've I've played so much Skyrim though. But it's fun going back and then doing like a specialized class build. Yeah, that, that's why. And I do that's now, the main cause... complaint with Skyrim is that you don't select a particular class; you just level up the skills you use the most. Well, I think I think the complaint is not that you can't select a class, but it's the fact that it is easy to level up all the skills. It's easy to be an all-around good character. <laughs> you, you can you can especially cuz after they updated it um, from the original game and removed the level cap, yeah. you can have a 100 a 100 level in every with single no skill with no mods. Yeah, um, you can be a god. But and in the same I think in a weird way that makes it even better for being a better RPG because there's <laughs> People that are good at multiple things. Well, I think it depends. Like, what's to say your character can't be a good archer and also a good blacksmith? Yeah. Well, I think it depends on um, some people. Some people think some people really enjoy that power fantasy. Skyrim is the ultimate power. Oh fantasy yes. Because you can. Oh, and Skyrim, I will almost say, almost literally be a god. You at this point, I mean, it's been out for ten years almost, nearly ten years. Um. It is stupid easy. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> the cheese. How how easy it is to cheese bad guys in the and game. I remember fights and stuff. A That's... particular game came out this around the same time as Skyrim. Yeah. Known for not being easy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark yes. Souls. Yes. Um, yes. I remember. So I was. This is a game I. Am not a huge fan of, as in, I've not played a lot of it. You just gotta play it. But I really respect it for what it is. Well, and I have played some of Bloodborne, and I have played uh, Sekiro. Yeah. And I really like those games. So I bet I would like Dark Souls if I actually took the time. You to, would. To, I know you would. I know. You just I, gotta, I know. I know. I would like it if I took the time to. You gotta take play the time it. to get used to it. Yeah. I mean, it's. But I've just not. Once you're used to it, it's as easy as any other game. 
Well, okay, I want to go that far, but it doesn't have to be insanely hard all the time. Like you can yeah. get good enough where it plays like a normal game. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but Dark Souls. So I was like, oh, this is another like fantasy RPG. Game. I know we've argued about this. It's an RPG. Okay. So I agree, it's an RPG. But I it's rem- an action I re- RPG. I re- so yeah. So I remember a few years ago, and I've I've since then come to realize I was being a dick. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being like, it's not a true RPG. But right. since I've like lived with you and watched you play it, I've come to realize actually, you know, it is an RPG. It's just a very different type of RPG. Well, and we can get into that. But when Dark Souls came out, so I I, I, was, I will say that on record, I was wrong. <laughs> when Dark Souls came out, I was super into Skyrim, and I was like, oh, another fantasy role playing game. Oh, you must have been shocked. Uh, yes, I was mortified. <laughs> I I went into it thinking it was gonna be like Skyrim. Just a cool, fun fantasy game. Just, and I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I got slaughtered over and over and over and over. I died so many times and I just gave up on it. I didn't play Dark Souls for years. And now you know I'm a huge yeah, Dark you're, you're, I'm a huge Souls fan. You're 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 um, you're, you're one of those guys, one of the, I only know a few people a like Dark Souls elitist. You're one you're one of the, I only know a few people like this who have like you want to play, play PvP? Who have like replayed Dark Souls? Type oh of yeah, thing. like seven times. Yeah, <laughs> on each game except for Dark Souls Two because it's trash. <laughs> I'm sorry. On side <laughs> side note, I actually recently read about because Dark Souls Two is on PC as Dark well. Dark Souls Two is actually a good game, but it's Dark Souls Two. From what I understand about it, is one of those situations where Dark Souls One was hard because the mechanics made it hard. Dark Souls but, 2 was just hard because yeah, for the but, sake of being hard. Yeah, it, but it was like, so they made Dark Souls. So it, it had they, hard mechanics, but it also had bullshit in, in, in yeah. enemy placement. It had way more bosses. It was just hard for the sake of being hard. Yeah, it was like. The lore they, and everything is still there. It but, was like when they made Dark Souls 2, they were sitting there like, let's hey, make it harder. people like Dark Souls 1 because it's hard. So let's purposely make it Well, this Dark hard. Souls 2 was just headed, I'm pretty sure, mostly by Bandai Namco. It, yeah, it, was, it was from software didn't have as much of a yeah well because from software understands that they're not I, I get the impression that when they make Dark Souls well they, they weren't making them the Dark Souls game or at least for the first one and the third one they weren't making them with the intention of being hard they were well, making the them with the mechanics with so, the, they were making them with the, I get the impression that Miyazaki's they, intention was he wanted to make a game that harkened back to the games that he played. Yeah. The game, like early games, like in the 80s, 90s, where if you get hit, you, you, you die. Yeah. Like <laughs> those, those, those games like uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Games that like, like, like where games that don't hold your hand, where you just yeah. have to be good at it. You have to understand the mechanics. It doesn't. Yeah. The idea that there is a, a skill. Exactly. It's about the skill. There's a skill to this game. You have to learn to play the game. What really made me actually really fall in love with Dark Souls... Well, also... I mean, obviously... So, a big thing about Dark Souls and all the Souls games, basically... And there's a new game that I'm playing that is like a love letter to Dark Souls. Oh, yeah? And we'll talk about that. But the big thing with those... And I haven't played too much of it. But we'll talk about it. But the big thing with Souls games or Soulsborne or whatever you want to call it, Blood Souls, um, 
it's not just the difficulty. It's the fact that you actually have to be good. Yeah. You can't just lower the difficulty. And that's, you can't just. And that's exactly what you're saying. You can't about, be. I mean, you can be cheesy. That's for sure. And that's but, exactly what you're saying about when Miyazaki was. You were saying Miyazaki wanted to call back to the games of his childhood. And no, but and that's how those games. You used were to going be. back to Skyrim, how it's a power fantasy, and that's how I play Skyrim. That's why I enjoy Skyrim. It's the ultimate power fantasy. Yeah. Sometimes you want now an easy Skyrim. Power you can make it hard. But with, not with really. Mon- it's well, artificially hard. That's the thing. So you raise the difficulty. You can. And you can, all that does. It doesn't make the enemy like mechanics harder. It just makes it where oh they have higher HP and they do more damage to you. Yeah. That's all it does. And you do less damage. It's um, artificial difficulty. You can make Skyrim legitimately hard through mods. Yeah. But that and and that is one of the. Saving graces of Skyrim, but simultaneously one of the flaws of Skyrim. The modding community. Yes, one of the things well, that makes, it relies on the modding yeah, community. one of the things to make that makes even better. One of the things that makes Skyrim so good is exactly that. it relies on mods to make it so good. I mean, Dark Souls and stuff has some fun, like janky mods, but it doesn't have any like game changing mods because it well, doesn't need it. I mentioned, I was um, about to mention earlier, Dark Souls Two. I did read recently there is a mod project on PC. To redo Dark Souls to to like be fix it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> to fix it because it's and it's a whole mod project and I you should look it up I don't I, I just read a quick article about but it but I, I, thought I that was interesting. what made me really fall there's two things that made me fall in love with Dark with Dark Souls yeah so the first the first one which is a big one but I think the second one is even bigger but the first one is the fulfillment you. The achievements you feel, the oh, yeah. adrenaline rush, like when you're fighting a super hard hard boss, or even if you're in a hard area and you beat it, you you die over and over, and then you finally understand you beat it. Like you're fighting a boss and you die over and over, but every time you die, if you're actually playing and paying attention, you learn. You oh, learn yeah. how to beat that boss. You learn the mechanics. You. <laughs> the joke is get good. Well, you get good. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it has a learning curve. It's that game, but it's once, a learning curve. It's one of the games, like once you get it, you're gonna love it. Dark Souls has a learning curve, but it's not a straight learning curve. Like you are start and suck, and you slowly get good. Is a learning curve where you suck, you get to a <laughs> boss, you suck, you get good. And you're good, and then, but you, then you suck again, and then you suck again. No, you suck again, and you you're bad again. Like because then they throw a boss or something at you that completely changes the game. Yeah, that plays differently, that fights every, differently. Almost every you have boss, to use different almost, almost every boss has a learning curve. Yeah, and uh, but I but, mean, there's some bosses where you can just go in. It's like if you generally know how to play Dark Souls, you'll do okay. But, but I think then I there's think, other ones like um, one of the big ones for me was. Well, the ones that took me a long time to uh, get good at, so to say, was endurance bosses. And when oh, I say yeah. endurance-based boss, I mean it's not necessarily the hardest boss you've encountered. But it just takes a long time to beat them. Yes, it takes. Yeah. you have to be perfect for a long time. They are, those are my least favorite they types of bosses. High HP, high damage output. You have to be just. You have to nail it. Those are my least favorite types <laughs> of bosses, because it's sort of thing like I would rather 
a really difficult boss and it, that you sure can, you can that finish you can it quick beat, that you can beat in half or an you hour. can cheese it but um, um rather than a technically not difficult but takes and then there's three the, hours to beat then boss. there's the anti-endurance boss oh yeah which is technically easy well no it's it should be a short fight but it's super hard yeah. And one of the first But I ones, prefer those types of bosses. Well, the first one that made me quit the game and I didn't play it for years was um, the Capra Demon. Because that one is really fucked. Because you have this big goat demon with two dual wielding blade swords. Yeah. And then these two dogs. And then if you don't run up the stairs immediately or if you don't block immediately, you just die. <laughs> and it's it's one of those ones that just ends so fast but it can also you can beat it fast but yeah. what I love about Dark Souls is the sense of achievement and the next thing I love about Dark Souls which I think makes it which really makes it an RPG is the lore yeah you, so I, you've told me about some of this before. I think it's really interesting. Dark stuff. Souls like, and Demon Souls, which I'm so excited for the Demon Souls remake. Oh, it's oh yeah, awesome. that looks really good. It's gonna be so. I'm so excited. But um, uh, is that gonna be a PlayStation exclusive? I don't or? think it's exclusive. Right. I think it's just that's that's one of those first. games where despite or that, it might be, I don't know if it's not an exclusive because <laughs> I play Xbox. Uh, for all of you guys at home. He's a PlayStation nerd. And I'm an Xbox cool guy. Um, well, we're both nerds. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> as, as you can tell. That's beside the point. Um, excuse me. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually. Actually. There was one time when I was in high school. <laughs> side tangent. Where I was, in the, I was in the line at the student store to buy a soda after school. And there was... <laughs> This guy in there, I swear, I've never, outside of this situation, heard or witnessed the stereotypical movie TV nerd. <laughs> and I was, I was in there, and there's these two kids in front of me. One of them I knew, and I knew he was nerd, but I didn't. I was not prepared for this, though. You didn't think it's gone that far. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how their conversation was going, but I was sitting there, and I swear at one point, they were like, he had his glasses, and he was like, you know, the T83 calculator is way better than the T84 uh, calculator. because." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was sitting there like, oh my god, this is a movie no moment. <laughs> yeah. This is, I will, I will never experience this moment again in my life. A nerd? This is amazing. A nerd knows all the specs to a calculator. Yes. I would actually argue that we're geeks. Because yes. we like, we like, <laughs> we like nerdy things. We like, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, Elder Scrolls, games. We yeah. like But we're not Marvel. smart. We like superhero stuff. Well, it's not even the smart thing. <laughs> no, it, we, we are. I think we're smart. No, it's not even about being smart, but nerds, we're halfway they through, will like... We're halfway through a bachelor's degree. I think we're smart. <laughs> a true nerd, they will like know all the specs to your PC. They will know all the specs to a TI-84 calculator. Yeah. Um, they they like hyper-focus on things. <laughs> and good for them, though. Yeah, because no, no, nerds, they... I'm not, I'm not shitting on nerds. 
I just... If you are a nerd, okay. This was a moment where I was like, this is something I thought I would only experience in a TV show. If you can really be that <laughs> into like hardware and stuff, good for you. Maybe go into the calculator business. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of money. Those things are expensive. Cause, and that <laughs> it's not that nerds don't like pop culture stuff. They do. Yeah. But geeks are guys... They, it's like a They like you know, nerdy things. But they're not... But they're not... Like into calculators and stuff. And yeah, you got You're a nerd if you're into calculators. I'm yeah, sorry. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, back to Dark Souls. Right, Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> I forgot where we were at. Right. Which <laughs> is like the nerd version of Skyrim. It's the nerd. <laughs> no, Skyrim. but no, Dark Souls is the hardcore game. It's for hardcore. Like it's metal. <laughs> it's so metal. But and no, just because it's hard doesn't mean. It's the hardness doesn't make it a great game, I don't think. Well, it's a good game for that. There you go. There you go. That was okay. That was, but that was okay. no, there's a lot of like Souls series elitists. They're like you and your Skyrim and you know Bethesda games. You simple-minded gamers. Well, it's important. Casuals. Yeah. It's important to know. Pairing this, you damn casual. <laughs> it's important to to know that there's there's. On appeal to difficult games that you have to master, because yeah. there's the there is the, the achievement the achievement of that, and there's appeal to easier games that make you just feel like a badass. But what's one great about my, Dark Souls? One of my favorite games of all time is Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And not an RPG, like but it may, the combat is so it's the easiest. It's kind of Arkham esque. It's Batman. the easiest Assassin's Creed combat has ever been in its entire history. But it's fun. It's but it's awesome. fun. It makes me feel like a badass. And that's why I like it. It makes me feel like cool What's great about the Soul series in general is the whole, you do eventually get that power fantasy. You do. But you have to earn it. You really have to earn it. And you don't earn it just from leveling up. Yeah, you can get your character level up. You earn it from from learning the game. You earn it from playing the game four times. Or more. Or more. (laughs) Well, you learn it from dying. No, yeah. you literally learn it from just dying over and over. Well, well, well that's that's actually <laughs> one of the things that I think that makes the Souls games work is the fact that dying is not just it's a, a thing part that of happens. The lore. It's a mechanic in the game. Yeah, it's something you're, you're going su- to die. You are supposed to die. Well, because your character in the first Dark Souls, it, it changes a little bit in some of them, but um, you're the you're just a basically you're just a random undead guy. And your objective is to kill God. Yeah, here's a here's I, you, here's, you, a, said this, here's a rusty sword. Here's a rusty sword, go kill God. <laughs> I love that. It's basically the equivalent of me trying to kill actual Thor. Yeah, that's what. Dar- but the, the thing that makes your character and you at the same time learn and <laughs> get better is that you can die. It's like Doctor Strange with Dormammu. Yeah, he he was like, I can die, over, I can and die over, over and over. <laughs> that's the advantage is dying well it's know, so weird you know what your character in dark souls really is although it's not, it's not the best comparison but he is like one punch man what's the character's name so, oh yeah he just had to train super hard yeah one punch man what's the character's name starts with satama S. satama i think yeah um i know it starts with an s but he basically but, got so powerful from just repeatedly yeah, he's, training he's not a superhero because he has powers He's not a god character. Well, it's weird because he does he, have powers, obviously, but he got them just from working out. He just, <laughs> he just, he earned everything he has. Um, 
because no, he but, just works out that So hard. Dark Souls, you start out as a nobody. Even your character doesn't know how to wield weapons correctly, especially in the first Dark Souls. And um, But eventually, you literally kill God, or the Lord of the Fire, Gwen, and then you can make the choice to either continue to flame, which would mean to burn yourself and sacrifice your powerful soul, yeah. or to subvert and... Um, start an age of darkness of age and I've, I've watched you play the finale and the dark souls lore <laughs> darkness is actually humanity it's so weird yeah um, it, dark souls lore is really weird but it's that's kind of what makes it but cool. the lore is what so what i make what i think makes it still a good rpg and true to rpgs well yeah you create your character i mean you know yeah you get to choose your class so there you go there's there's a knock at the door. Oh, we got a visitor. We have a visitor. I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is. It's Bill. <laughs> Bill. Hey, Bill. How are you guys? Good. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so we're in the middle of our... So we're talking about role-playing games right now. Yeah, video games. And we're stuff. in that episode. <laughs> um, like video games? Video games? Yeah, video games. so yeah. we're going to keep well, on talking about... <laughs> well, Donkey Kong is not a role-playing game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you do role play as Donkey Kong. I guess maybe you can make an argument, but I would probably disagree with that argument. Just check. <laughs> I know we're. But if any of you have an if you any of you have a legitimate argument on why Donkey Kong is a role playing video game, <laughs> comment on one of our posts or send us a message and we'll discuss it. Please, please. <laughs> but no, I would uh, like to know. So what I think makes Dark Souls, yeah, you create a character, you choose the class, but also you have all this crazy lore. But what's great about it, it's it's so vague, and you piece together the lore yourself. So you're yeah. not you're not only making choices for your character, but you're actually in a sense making choices for the entire lore of the well, game. Well, it's one of, you one, curate the one game. of the things that made me change my mind about Dark Souls on whether it was a real RPG or not was living with you, watching you play it, and you telling me about the lore, I think... So my initial thought was that, okay, you can make your character and level them up and customize them. So it's got the basic elements there. But but, but initially, I was like, my initial idea of Dark Souls was like, but it's just an action game, really. Right. But then you, you educated me on the lore when I was living with you, and I go, okay, so the combination of making your character and this lore, I think classifies it as... At Miyazaki, least, at least an action RPG. Well, Miyazaki and From Software does such a great job of storytelling and lore. Yeah, and they let I, the I player really kind of yeah. they let the player like kind of fill in the blanks and kind of make their own lore. I mean, can canicity is not really a thing in Dark Souls. I mean, it yeah. is, but you can also make it whatever you want it to be. Um, well, but also, um, and you do make major choices that change. The story. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, yeah, you get to make choices. You you, and you and don't encounter a ton of NPCs because you're mostly playing in a weird, like, undead world. But yeah. you do, and <laughs> you get more lore from them. You get lore from reading about a pair of boots. That's what I love about Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, it's, it's the, um, the lore and the world they craft. And by the way, we talked about wonderful. it. Um, and that's why I think it's a good RPG because it does everything RPG should do, well, at least in the basic sense. You make a character, you choose your class, you get to make choices that change the game, 
you get to interact with the world and well you don't get to like do anything you want you get to at least um basically do different endings and it's not easy to do different endings in dark souls games you have to go through a crazy and different side quest to change the outcome of the game you don't just it's not just like you get to the end it's like okay you make a choice no it's like literally what you did throughout the game you have to you have sometimes there's been times where and Souls games where I've gotten endings that a lot of people were like, oh, I had to do all this stuff. It's like, wait, I didn't think I was doing anything special. There was there was a... It's like, it just happened. I mentioned at the beginning of the video, I was playing Fable 2 recently. Yeah. And one thing they do with it, so I, I went to the main quest. I was doing my story. Uh, the, the this, I was doing some side quest. I made my choice. And there's this thing in the game called the Temple of Light. Yeah. It's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a temple. And it's like <laughs> a good guy temple. Um. I didn't get super heavy to the lore when I was playing it. Because um, really, let's be honest, Fable is about making money and being a landlord. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so I was playing, and I finished the main story where you you uh, defeat the bad guy and you come back to the mainland, and you get to make the, you get to make a big choice at the end when you beat the bad guy. Do you, do you uh, sacrifice yourself and your loved ones and everything and any personal gain to bring back all the people who were killed by the bad guy right do you bring back your loved ones because if you have a family during the game because you can have a wife and a kid during the game yeah um but they get killed do uh-huh. you bring them back also your dog gets killed oh so in fable 2 <laughs> fable 2 and oh, fable, no in fable 2 you have a dog a companion that follows you through the game and he will like bark and show you where there's buried treasure and stuff and, and he gets wonders. killed he gets killed Oh, that's so fucked up. And that was the main. I'm like, I don't give a crap about my wife. She was a whore. Literally, her <laughs> the, the NPC name was like Ginger. But your dog. Yeah, the NPC name was like Ginger the whore. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. So I couldn't give a crap about her. I'm like, I'm here, but but the bad guy killed my dog. So I was like, I was like, should I bring back all the good people of the world that were lost to this bad guy? Kill all bad guys. Or bring my dog back. Or, yeah, bring the dog back. I yeah. chose to bring back all the people because I was like, I was trying to play a good guy. Character. Gotta be the right. Um, and the third character is just get a fuck ton of money. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the third option. Um, but it, it, but that's the option at the end of the game. But when I was playing, I so there's the Temple of Light and I, um, you can donate money to the Temple, Temple of Light for benefits. So I finished the main story and I was doing some side quests. I went back to the Temple of Light to get some benefits by donating money to it. Yeah. And... Um, it was destroyed. And the whole village was like the greenery of the surrounding area was all brown and stuff. I was like, what the fuck oh, wow. happened? And I had to look up on Google what the hell happened. And they were like, yeah, if you didn't do this specific thing during the during the, at a side quest, it gets destroyed. But you, can, okay. but you can save it if you do the right side quest. That's, the f- that's what happens with Dark Souls. And that's what's so yeah. fucked up about Dark Souls. You're not only grinding and trying to kill all these bosses and eventually become the ultimate badass and just die over and over but if you do something even without knowing it could cause a character to die it could cause multiple characters to die and it could cause the entire ending of the game to be different and you don't even know it yeah like your first playthrough it could be anything that's what makes i think that's one thing that makes an rpg so good is not not just the making choices but the fact that you don't unconsciously it's not 
you, you don't even know you're making the choices or you don't know how these choices are going to affect. You might think it might not make a difference it's at all. It's basically, in like with the Souls games, if you have a certain play style, just as a gamer, that can change the outcome of the yeah. game. It's so weird. Um, and another Souls or Soulsborne game I'm going to get into a little bit, just touch on it, is Bloodborne. And we uh, talked about how it's very Lovecraftian. That's the, that's the one I have played a bit of. And that one is... I love the aesthetic of it. It's great. way more of an action RPG, but it still sticks pretty close to the Dark Souls formula. But I would consider that one action RPG. But if yeah. you want a good Lovecraftian RPG, that's yeah. the game, to be honest. That, that is a beautiful game. Um, it is... And, again, it, uh, it's still. I've only played a bit of it. I've never finished it. I've only played it like on your PS4 um, when I was living with you, but yes, yeah. uh, it is a wonderful. But and the world another is game. really well done. But yeah, Dark Souls definitely RPG. More on it's definitely on the action RPG side, but it has all the core elements. It's got all the story elements. It's it's an RPG. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I. Yeah. And you know, like like I said, I've argued with it before, and I was being an ass. I mean, yeah, it does lean but towards. But I have changed my mind. Well, he, I since did, then. I do agree with you that it leans towards just being an action. It leans game, for action. But it's got all that RPG it's, elements. There. It's not RPG um, in the way that um some heart, and then when the well, way, in the way that more. But we talked wins. about that earlier. An RPG doesn't have to be this exactly. open world thing. It doesn't have to be. You can do anything. It's yeah. just... It's you, about role play. Exactly. And, and that and, brings and the, me to... And the thing that changed my mind again about Dark Souls is the fact that you've educated me on the lore when I was living with you. That like that made me go, okay, that with the lore, that actually makes me think you can if, actually role play as If you want to get into just the lore, because that's just fun enough by itself. Yeah, it's crazy um, shit. Listen <laughs> to um, Vadi Vidya on YouTube. Okay. He is like the Dark Souls lore expert. Maybe, and Bloodborne. He knows maybe, everything. Maybe we'll he, do an episode sometime on like our favorite lore stuff, whether it yeah. be video games or fantasy or And I know games. the Exploring series. Oh, I love the Exploring series. He might be doing Dark Souls lore. Oh, that would be awesome. I would, um, I would watch that. I love I the think, Exploring uh, series. I think Warhammer 40K just beat it out by a little bit. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys at home, if you're looking for, uh, if you're interested in lore, of uh, fictional worlds and stuff. Check out the Exploring series. The Exploring series, fantastic videos. And if you want to get into Dark Souls lore, check out Vadi Vidya. Vadi Vidya. Um, uh, a couple other off the top of my head, Lord of the Rings lore, Men of the West. Yeah, Men of the West. Um, uh, and um, uh, The Witcher George. Oh, a good podcast that I on, like. On, on YouTube, The Witcher George is Witcher lore. A really good podcast I like is the Prancing Pony podcast. Oh. And they have covered everything from the Cimmerillion to, <laughs> and they're currently in Lord of the Rings now. But they started way back in like 2015 because that's how much lore yeah. there is. It's Lord and, of the Rings lore is vast. And I, I, I've started reading that book too, the Cimmerillion, or however you pronounce Cimmerillion. it. Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion, yes. Yeah. Um, you mostly I, got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird word. Come on. I, I will um, say, I will say, because I've read several. I've read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I've actually recently been... The get, Hobbit was like the first big novel I got into. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. The Hobbit is also the easiest to read. Yeah, it is. That's why it, <laughs> so, um, that's why I, it was the first. I've read the Lord of the Rings. I've actually never read The Hobbit. 
other than like you should. I, well, I've read like a couple. I've like opened it up in the library and read a couple chapters type of thing. You should read. The I've library. never read it all the way through. That's why I know like I'm like it is an easier um, book to read. I have read the Lord of the Rings. I've been recently rereading the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, it's not that it's a hard book to read. It's that Tolkien, the way he writes, is very like. He does a lot of exposition in the sense of it's like very lore heavy. It's lore heavy. It reads like a textbook, kind of. Yeah. The Lord of the <laughs> um, Bill's over there. He got, he's laughing at that. Bill knows. The Lord of the Rings reads like a textbook, <laughs> and it, but it makes sense. But it's not a hard read. It just no. reads like a textbook. You have to be in it's, the right mindset. It's not an exciting read. Well, it gets exciting once you get to around like the two towers. Yeah, when you really get into it, it's exciting. But at the beginning. Of the book, it's, it's not just a, a lot of information. It's a lot of information. He's just throwing. But it at I'm you. into that kind of stuff. I love lore. I, I love. I'll, learning. I'll be honest. One time I was at the library at uh, our school, uh, um, here in Durango, Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Durango, Mexico, um, and uh, <laughs> at, at Fort Lewis, and um, I found this book. It was on Scottish history. Yeah. Uh, specifically talking about the Celts and the Gales and the Pikes. Nice. And it was it was kind of a textbook. But not written like a textbook. It was written well, more. It was very Tolkien esque, and I found myself. <laughs> I read like half the book just sitting in the library. That's why me and you love history. Yeah, because <laughs> the story that's in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, another I'll, RPG I want to get into that um, isn't. Well, it is an R. It definitely is an RPG. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's but it, a lot of people think it's if it's an RPG, you, you can do anything. No. Or you can be anyone. Uh, Witcher 3. Oh, yes. That's one of the best RPGs of all time. I've been playing that a lot recently. It is... it is That is one in one, in one of my top five favorite games. Bill, this is the game that you've been watching me play where I'm on the horse and I'm like the monster slayer with the swords on my back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know that Yeah. One. You've watched me play that. Um, but that <laughs> game, you play Geralt. Geralt, Geralt, yeah. Geralt, Geralt. Yeah. Geralt. Yes. <laughs> but you play him, you're that character, but you get to make choices. But yeah. you make choices that he would so, logically so make. So that, that is a game I love. So we were talking about Dark Souls where it's hard, Skyrim where you're a power fantasy. Witcher is in between. It's a hard it's not, power fantasy. It's not hard, but it's not a direct It's power not fantasy. a hand holder. It's not a hand holder. Yeah. Um, but it's it's you know most most gamers could get their hands. Well, on Well, another thing I think is funny. So many games nowadays that are coming out, if they're vaguely fantasy, or if they vaguely are action oriented, they will either be compared to The Witcher, yes. or Dark Souls. Yes. Oh, this game's a Souls like. <laughs> it's a Souls like hard. Or as, I remember when Assassins every Assa- Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey. Well, both they like, are obviously inspired by the Witcher. They are Witcher like, but they. But when, I remember when they were coming out, the the people reviewing them would be like, "It's Witcher like." <laughs> it's like, and, and it's just because of The Witcher Three. I've um, even seen things where they say Crash Bandicoot is Dark Souls like because <laughs> it's hard. Because it's hard. No, Crash Bandicoot is Crash Bandicoot like because Crash Bandicoot has been long around longer than Dark Souls. Because Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoots. If anything, Dark Souls is Crash Bandicoot like. <laughs> There. It does have platforming. I said it. The platforming's horrible, but it does have platforming. <laughs> oh, From- by the way, a game that I've always wanted to play, that's like the prehistoric Dark Souls, I guess you could say. Yeah. Kingsfield. 
King's it's I've a, never heard of it. It's that. basically it's a first person dungeon crawler, kinda like Daggerfall or something. Okay. But it's apparently it's like the spiritual like Dark Souls is like the spiritual successor to King's Field. I see. Okay. And I've never heard, it's, uh, yeah, I've it's never super heard of hard. That, yeah. It's got like the same kind of like vague story structure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to try that. It's like a big open dungeon crawler's field. Um, and it's a very, uh, I would say that's an easy name to remember, but it's also a very vague name. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very generic name. Um, <laughs> that's what and I then mean, so another, um, maybe I'll forget it. So another great one is um, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Well, uh, so okay. and that's another one where you play. So, so that, well, you... what I want to get into now is we've talked about our favorite RPGs. I want to get into things in maybe even non-RPG games, games that aren't technically RPG, that either remind you of RPGs or specific things in RPGs that you appreciate, other than the role-playing part. Okay, well, a big a big game that isn't an RPG. It's got RPG elements. A lot of games do now because that's yeah. the big thing, kind of. Yeah. If you're going to be a single-player game, you got to have RPG elements. Yeah, yeah, if right. you're going to be a multiplayer game, it's got to be a battle royale. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically the state we're in right yeah. now. But, but um, yeah, ga- games that have maybe so, have RPG elements, and what about those elements that we like? So a big one, obviously, we talked about a little earlier, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. So that game, you play as Arthur Morgan, and arguably, actually... Fuck, fuck that. He's the best rock star protagonist. I agree. Ever. I agree. Um, the only one that... Who do you com- think comes close? Mm. And don't just say John Marston. No, no. That's John Marston cheating. actually is... A, I, don't get me wrong. I love John Marston. And actually, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 made me like John Marston even more. Oh, yeah. Because you get more because because, and- because Red Dead 1 was just the story of this outlaw. Yeah. seeking redemption Red Dead 2 didn't just tell the story of John Marston it told the story of John becoming a man yeah and it made me like him more but no um, there's the only other character I think that a uh, rock star character that rivals Arthur is Nico Bellic yeah from GTA 4 he's really good uh, there's a lot of good I... characters in the other rock star games um, Michael from GTA Five, I adore. He's a fasc- I love Michael. He's a fascinating he's... character because he's so flawed. I would love to see like, but but Jack Black play him or something. Oh, like. that'd be amazing. <laughs> but no, Nico Bellic is a really, really, really well done character. But Arthur Morgan is the best. Well, Arthur yeah. Morgan. So you play as him. You get to make some choices, but it's not. It doesn't really matter. It won't change the ending. Yeah. And as we all know, spoiler. What? Huh? Uh, spoiler alert: Arthur Morgan dies. Yeah, everyone should know that. You should now. know that by now. If you haven't played Red Dead Two, play it, you bitch. <laughs> and if you haven't seen any of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to been? be derogatory like that. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that game, what makes it, it? It's not an RPG, but it definitely sometimes feels like an RPG. Yeah. It, well. Well, okay. You have this it, big open world. Mm-hmm. You get to do all kinds this of things. This is the cowboy game. Yeah. You get to do all kinds of things. You get to get drunk at the tavern if you want. You can shoot people out. Or you can... Steal a train. Steal a train. You can steal a train, yeah. And <laughs> and maybe that's just because Rockstar games in general have... 
that slight RPG element where you can do anything. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was kind of loud. Colton. Shit. <laughs> but, um, no, it, where you can do anything. But also, I think because you really get into this character and you... Well, the thing, the thing is, is that Red Dead 2, while it doesn't meet any of the gameplay mechanics of RPG as a genre, mm-hmm. it because of stuff like the honor system and the fact how can how uh, and the consequences you get to play to, Arthur how you want to yeah, play him. Yeah, so it, it it doesn't meet the gameplay mechanics of an RPG game as in like quests and choices necessarily, but because of the honor system and because of the consequences to breaking the law in the game, right. and the, how attached you get to the characters, it forces you to role play. Yeah, exactly. Despite it not being a role playing game, and one thing I wanna I wanna just I wanna bring up about Red Dead Two, and it's something every once in a while I see in actual role playing games that I really really appreciate. So in Red Dead Two, there's little details like when you're in your camp, you can do chores. Mm-hmm. You can go fill up the water bu- the water bucket. You can go feed the chickens. There's no purpose to that. It raises your honor a little bit, but there's really gameplay wise, there's no purpose to that. You don't have to do it. You sh- you know yeah. There, yeah. There, you don't have to do any of that. There not and only do you not have to do it. There is no reason to do it. Exactly. You just can. You just can. But it I just love, makes it more immersive. I exactly. I love the re- I love the fact that you can do it. And that's something that every once in a while I see in role-playing games, but it's often ignored, is the idea of having well, little tiny things throughout the world you can do that are pointless, Can we but talk, you can do it for emergency. Can we talk for a moment about what I like to call fake RPGs? Yeah. A big one. And it, it it's a lot Far of... Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, Far Cry. It's Skyrim, but with guns. No, it's not. No, Far Cry sucks. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to say this. Well, Far Cry is a fun romp. Okay, I have to say this. I've played Far Cry 2, 3, and 4. I hate so Far Cry. most of them. I, for most of them. Um, I understand why people like Far Cry. Shit. Careful. <laughs> I understand why people like Far Cry. But I have never been able to finish a Far Cry game. I do not like it. It is not a game I enjoy. Well, you capture towers, you uh, raid enemy camps, you get better guns, and then you do that again to get better guns and clear them out. Yeah, I understand why people like it. I think they're well-made games. But I do not like them. They're kind of mindless. They're very mindless. I really don't like Far Cry. Even Far Cry two and three, which are are everyone every Far Cry fan says are the most amazing Far Cry games ever made, I don't like those games. I have not finished a single Far Cry game that I've ever played. Well, Far Cry is the power fantasy, but it's it's the Michael Bay games basically. Like it's a really good way of putting it. It's a Michael Bay game. <laughs> you shoot a bunch of guys, you blow up things. You clear out the map. You get better guns, so you can keep on doing that. Mm-hmm. The story's always like, oh, there's like this weird pseudo dictator, and you have to take him over, free to country, free to island, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just wash, rinse, and repeat. Um, but I will say the Far Cry Six trailer that actually has was, me interested. It has me interesting, and I'll tell you one reason. 
the actor who's playing the dictator. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the actor's name, but he plays uh, Gustavo in Breaking Bad. And he plays the the Moth in the Mandalorian. Yeah, Moth uh, Gideon. Moth Gideon. He's in Man- yeah Mandalorian. I love that actor. Yeah, he's and, really good. And simply the inclusion of him makes me intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Um, but another big one is um, Breath of the Wild, which yeah. is another kind of recent one. What was the pirate one in our future? Um, yes. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean Online. That is a massive, so that's what's called a MMORPG, which is Massive Multiplayer Online RPG. Yeah. So with that. that, And that one, I do think it classifies as an RPG. Yeah. Because it follows the RPG format. You do quests. You level up your character. You go anywhere. And because, like we were discussing earlier, because it's MMO, it doesn't give you a lot of choices throughout your story and your quest. But there's but, a lot you can do. But because there's, because it's an MMO, there is the aspect of a community interacting with each other and role-playing yeah. in that way. With MMORPGs, what makes it more of an RPG and what makes it a better game also is the sense of community. Yeah. Like what we talked about earlier with World of Warcraft, how that game, if you just played it and there wasn't this big community there, it would be a pretty basic RPG. Yeah. But or, um, since there is that community, you have people building sub-factions, yeah. you have people creating games within the game, or, you, have, you know, you have people doing all kinds of stuff that was not intended, but yeah. it, it can be done. Or when we were super into Pirates Online, mm-hmm. so specifically for you at home, Pirates Online was shut down years ago. But there's yeah, a we re- were playing like the there's remake. A, there's a remake project called Legends of Pirates Online. And it's a completely. That's what we were playing. It's a completely. Yeah, that's what we were playing. Yeah, it's a completely free to free to play remake of the original game. And if you ever played the original game or were interested, check it out. Um, but we were having a great time because it was you, me, you know, Bill here, uh, Caleb, and even Nicole got in on it a little bit. Tristan got we in got a every, little bit. We were I even all, got my girlfriend in on yeah, it. It yeah, yeah. Even, even that. And we were all getting in on it. And it was a lot of fun because we had a little community there of all of us playing together. Yeah, exactly. And, and we got I remember, and we were talking about this earlier today. I We got, there's one time where we got, if we were talking about role playing and a community, <laughs> uh, we got on, we, we all joined someone else's crew on yeah. their big galleon because we were low level players. And we were fighting, and I in the chat. Decided to tell a joke. So, I Bill. I think I know this joke. Bill, what's a pirate's favorite letter? Rum. Rum? Rum's not a letter. <laughs> a letter. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, you think it'd be R. You think, you think it'd be R. You think it'd be R, but it'd actually be the C. <laughs> um, and then I got kicked from the crew. <laughs> yeah, and... Because RPG, I told that joke. Because, yeah, there you go. So I pulled up just on Google best RPG games. Okay. And we've talked about a lot, of, a couple, a few of these. At See least. how many of these we think are actually RPG games. Okay, I'm going to start. It's hold on. C, but every pirate knows that X marks the spot. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. X marks the spot. You, you just stumped me so, on that. <laughs> we have The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Skyrim. That's a good one. Good one. Divinity Original Sin 2. That's good one. one. That's a good one. <laughs> Dark Souls. Good that's one. A good one. <laughs> Mass Effect 2. That is a good one. We have okay, not talked about so that. So far, this list is pretty good. Pillars of Eternity. That's a good one. I've never heard of that one. 
it's very much like Baldur's Gate. Okay. It's a Bioware style RPG that's top down. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, one I didn't mention that pseudo MMORPG okay. is um Diablo three or any of the Diablo. Oh yeah, D- all the Diablo um, games are. I would classify them as RPGs. Oh yeah. But they are a specific, very specific style. I I fell in love with Diablo three. It's a when fun I game. got that game. That's all I was playing. That's a really fun I mean, game. It's addicting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more of a loot and grind RPG, but it's still an RPG. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of dungeon crawler room. Yeah. Knights of Old Republic. That's an RPG. Yeah. That's a. Oh, that's a. That's a. Okay. Here's the first. Let's not. Let's not get too into that. But Knights of the Old Republic. So they have that. You can play that on your phone now. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and so I was playing it on my phone, and when I was living with Tristan. There was a one point where I was like, I was playing it on my phone. He's like, he like, cause I was, I was the way I was holding the phone. He was like, it was clear I was playing a game. He's like, what game are you playing? As we're sitting there, and I'm like, oh, it's uh, Kotor. And he's a big fan of that game, so he immediately was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you can play it on your phone. It's on the App Store. And he was like, shit, runs into the room, grabs his phone, buys it on the spot, <laughs> oh and then God. for the next like month. Kept like coming out of the room as watching TV and be like, I'm doing this type of playthrough now. Oh my god. It was wow. hilarious. But um, such a good game. Really oh, good. great game. Yeah. And that's one of the great examples of MMOs. Yeah. Um, that's not an MMO. So here's Kotor's not an MMO. Is it? Not? They didn't they did the old Republic MMO. Kotor is oh, the Bio- Kotor is but Knights of the Old Republic is the Bioware game from like the two thousand. See, I get make that mixed up with yeah. um The Old Republic. The old Republic, yeah. Uh uh, which the Old Republic is also a very good MMO. Yeah, um, has the record for the most voiced dialogue lines of all That's time. That's crazy. But um, so here's the next one, and this is the caveat: Fallout Four. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that one is like yeah. a. It's vaguely an RPG, but at the same time, it's just a looter shooter. Yeah. Before um, before I end before we end this, I want to talk about one more thing. Um. I want to talk about in recent times, the last couple years at most, your. <coughs> Bless you. Um, recent times, has there been any RPG games that you've played or RPG games that you're looking forward to? Well, oh yeah, I mentioned this earlier. So there's this new game. It is like a love letter to Souls, oh, to yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah. And. It's definitely even more on the action RPG side than Dark Souls is, but it does it so well so far. What's it called? It is called Mortal Shell. Mortal Shell. So this game, it was made by, I believe, only 15 people. A group of 15 developers. That's impressive. It is very close to feeling like a AAA game. It's crazy. That's really impressive. And what's really great... They only charged thirty bucks for it, twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, that's nice. Um, they weren't trying to like upcharge. Well, side tangent: When you mentioned price, so you know uh, the EA um, Star Wars Squadrons coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's only gonna be forty bucks. Yeah, because it's like it's it's a it's a game, but it's not like. Well, I think $60 it's sixty dollars. I think worth. it's them learning from Battlefront One. Yeah, 25, from twenty fifteen. Where it'll that, be 40 bucks but the, then it'll the have original, DLC the Battlefront 1 from 2015 the reboot 
it should, should have, have been a 40 yard yeah, exactly and I think that's EA learning from their mistakes well yeah yeah which exactly. I, I, I think but, is so, nice but, but Mortal okay, Shell it's very Dark Soulsy. obviously it's got the dodge yeah. rolling it's got the bosses it's got the parrying well not really parrying it does a really cool thing so it's obviously at first glance you'd be just like oh it's a Dark Souls clone yeah but when you actually play it and look into it it's way more than that. Yes, it's heavily inspired by Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. But this game, the core mechanic is you're like this weird um, spirit. Okay. This like wraith. And you possess. So there's like five or six or something like that different bodies that you possess, which are each different characters and different builds that you can play as. Yeah. And the first one you get is just like a basic knight build. But in this game, so you can do each character build has different um, like abilities. They play differently. But so far, so the, one of the main mechanics is this game, it m- makes you more aggressive in your gameplay. Okay. It lets you be more aggressive because what it does, there's an ability you have. Where you can harden like a rock. You just turn into like stone. Oh. So you can do that in the middle of combat. So like an enemy. So like an enemy hits you, you can turn to stone, stagger them, and then go in for the kill. Oh, that's cool. Or as you're hitting them, so you do a slash attack. Yeah. Sword. And I want to get to the sword play. It's awesome. But you do a slash attack. You can harden right at the end of attack. And basically, like, increase your mass. So it's like you swing a light sword, and then you harden all of a sudden right as you hit them. And it does exponential amounts of damage. Oh, wow. And, but what I love is with the heavy attacks, if you do the combo right, you do the murder stroke. Oh, with your great sword. That's cool. So, you know, you half sword <laughs> yeah. and you hit him with the pommel and the hilt. That's very <laughs> It's cool. really cool. And it's a really cool game so far. Yeah. And I love it. And I ignore... Well, I watched some reviews. There's this one guy that does... Um, he does like big 20-minute in-depth reviews where he tells yeah. you everything about the game. Like he tries everything out. And he said, if you're a fan of Souls games, you're going to love this. Okay, yeah. And every other site, even IGN, like gave it an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. And that's impressive considering... And for a pretty much indie it's developer, an indie that's, game. that's very good. It's an indie game. Yeah. And I could see these guys going somewhere. But um, it's definitely not an RPG, but it's it's one of the best Souls-like games I've yeah. ever played. There's a, there's a um, game that I've been playing... And there's a lot of Souls-like games. And another one that I really like... Oh, yeah. Is um, Hollow Knight. Have you ever played that? I've never played it, it's, but I watched you play it. It's like a platforming. It's a side side scrolling platform. It's like a Metroidvania. Yeah, that's a uh, side scroller. Yeah, that's a really cool. And game. I love the art style. Like it looks like it's all hand drawn yeah. and stuff. The yeah. game, the game that I want to mention, that is a recent RPG that I've played. What is it? Um, a Pathfinder Kingmaker. Is that based off of D and D? Based off based off Pathfinder. Pathfinder, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pathfinder role playing game, which is which is in turn based off of three point five edition D and D. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the first time Pathfinder has ever been adapted into a game, and it takes place in the in the default Pathfinder world of Galarian, 
And I've, I was playing that I have about 40 hours. Damn. Okay, that's it. pretty decent. Um, I'm barely into it. Damn. Yeah. Um, and I want to say, so this is, a, this is a good example of a game. It is through and through an RPG. But I have a love-hate relationship with it. I really, really, really want to love it. But it's tedious as hell. So the and, and the thing the main thing I have a problem with so the role play parts are really good, especially because I'm I'm used to playing Pathfinder the tabletop role playing game yeah and so the it's all based on that the way you make your characters so I'm used to how to make my characters and I'm, I enjoy the role playing part but the combat is not turn based it's real time. Real time, okay, I see. So if you can pause the game at any point during combat, but it is still a, um, it is still a uh, real, uh, a, a, you, you tell your character what to do, and they will be default, default do it on their turn, but it's still real time. And that makes the combat boring, uh, mindless, and tedious because when you get into a dungeon you get to the point where you have to go through combat so often that it's just like so it, it becomes boring basically it's got the rpg elements the rpg part of it is fantastic great. but the combat the gameplay the gameplay the combat is See, terrible sometimes however however in i think it's like early september like the fifth type of thing i don't remember exactly the date um they're coming out on consoles with the definitive edition edition which they're upgrading the PC version to have turn-based combat as an option. Nice. That will like traditional tabletop, and I'm going to give it another shot then, because I really feel that will make the combat a lot more I think that tactical, yeah. a lot more fun. And that's one of the things I like about, say, Divinity Original Sin 2, is that the combat is turn-based tactical combat. Yeah. Um, like XCOM Fantasy. You know, it's really good. Well, but uh, th that that's my that's that's the the game I played recently. That I like. think we've exhausted. I have one. Okay, you have one. Okay. I didn't think I had ever played a role, uh, or a, a GTR. Bill's but got something. A role RPG. Yeah, RPG. Mist is an oh, RPG, and I used Myst. to play that all the time back in like '93, '94. I remember Mist. So Mist, have explain ever, it to me. Have you ever played Mist? No. It's a point and click. Okay. So it's early, a point of yeah, early point. But it's a point and click, a very early point and click. But it's a point and click that makes you. Uh, it tells a story, but it doesn't tell you the story. It's Dark Souls like in the sense of how it gives you the lore. Oh, I see. You have to discover you have to everything out. yourself. At no point during the entire game does it tell you anything. Well, unless that's, you've earned it. That makes me think of a text. Yeah. Right, and that's a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. It's 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 completely any of the story or lore of the world you're in, you have to find you it. Have to find <laughs> it. So that reminds me. Yeah. Well, yeah. like the earliest. RPG, I, I, yeah, I played that a long time ago too. Yeah. The <laughs> earliest RPG video games I can think of. I mean, yeah, you have like Daggerfall and Arena and stuff. You know, the dungeon crawlers. But you also had the text-based RPGs. Oh. That yeah. was the first. Yes. What one thing? Um, that and I, I know you showed me one. 
We should do the yeah. We should do a uh, maybe an, even an episode on it because we could do an episode. All yeah, of course. We we'd have to have a group of people. Uh, there's this newer one called uh, um, AI Dungeon. I think is what it's called. Yeah, and it's basically it's a text based RPG that is run by an AI. Yeah. So, so. Theor- <laughs> what it is is theoretically you can type anything you want. It gives you a scene and everything. You can do anything. And you can type anything you want and the AI rule. And it's going to be crazy and random. And, and sometimes weird. it's janky. Yeah. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes the AI seems like it ignored what you said. But, <laughs> but it is really fun though. Especially with a group of people all get together and having some drinks and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? No. I love RPGs. I love RPGs too. They're, They're a ton favorite, of fun. Favorite type of games. It's like uh, having the second world, the second reality. Sometime, uh, sometime pretty getting soon. Getting to be a different person. Speaking of RPGs, sometimes pretty soon we'll have a uh, sequel to a uh, continuation of our straight to VHS RPG game. Yes, we will. Yeah. I have plan. I have good plans for that. Yeah, that'll be a lot um, of fun. With but our, yeah, our, our, our T1000. Yeah, with T1000. <laughs> I think I think that's a wrap here. I think uh, this is a good. Uh, I think we've exhausted ourselves yep. on this episode. Um, and let us know. Give us any recommendations on what we should talk about. Um, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. Spotify. Um, we're trying to be on everything you can find right now um, we're yeah. even on and I didn't even know about it until I did this podcast but we're on TuneIn Radio so we're on that Ooh, if you use nice. that we're there nice. um, so we don't we don't have a Twitter yet we don't have a Twitter but <laughs> anywhere you listen to podcasts or music we should be there we should um, yes so check us out um, tell your friends about it and um That's it. <laughs> That's it. Cheers. So here, Salacha Prost and all good things. And all good things, yes. yes. And play the song, Colton. Play the song. It's the Odd Drunk Podcast with Jackson and Colton. Sometimes you're some dude.